Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. Slapping the bass. <laughs> and we decided for our, our grand return to watch a true classic piece of American television history. Honestly. Clueless, the television adapted series. <sighs> They're Halloween episodes. So we watched, uh, it was season three, episodes four and five, Scream Murray Scream and Scream Again Murray Scream Again, which are just basically a one and two part episode about, I mean, it's basically just a shot for shot, like, parody of Scream, but also like has elements of just like Clue and like. Yeah, it's it's like their version of, and then there was Sean from Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I love it. It's really, if you, Okay. So before we get into the episode, we should probably talk about the fact that we're both, like, probably would rank, I mean, I know me, would rank Clueless among one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, straight up. Yes. I don't know about you. Yes. But it's, it's a flawless piece of film. And if people, people often, like, you know, think that you're being hyperbolic to be, like, you know, uh, against, like, oh, I, I pick something that's a little weird as my favorite movie. No, that's a great movie. If you go back and watch it, it's the same with, like, Legally Blonde. A lot of film, I think... I think we're, we're more television talking usually, but a lot of film that is female centric, and I think shows for that same mm-hmm. uh, regard, kind of get lumped in as like, oh, it's it's good for a comedy with a girl as the lead. I'm like, no, it, those are great movies. They're doing what they're setting it's out. It's good to for do, a I popcorn think. flick. Yeah. yeah, and it's just not. It's not true. And I and honestly, it's usually like those movies, especially like some Legally Blonde. I know it's similar, and same with Clueless. You could watch those movies. 10 times in a row and you'd find something new to laugh at each time. Like, they're great, like, beginning to end, great movies. So, I only bring that up because I think maybe you stayed away from the show adaptation, um, as some have, I think, because they thought it was going to be just a cash grab, because it does, I mean, definitely looks like a cash grab and and has the same makings of any kind of cash grab from the 90s, but... This is a great show, and I really, like, I think we both revisited it because we're like, oh, this has a Halloween episode, we've been meaning to watch it again. It's probably appropriately cheesy. Yeah, and honestly, I was expecting to be like, you know, I love the movie, I respect it, it was the same characters, it needs a little work here. No. This is a great show. And I mean, I haven't watched the rest of the episodes again. I mean, I definitely watched it at the time. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. probably had it on the background replaying all the time, because... I mean, Jesus, this, I think it even went into syndication or something. Like, I remember yeah. replaying a lot. Because I know, it, it, didn't it start on ABC and then it moved to UPN? It was on UPN when I watched it, because I remember it being mm. on after something I watched. It was, like, back-to-back with Sabrina, mm. I think, or something like that, where it was a... Uh, it might have been ABC when that was on with Sabrina, but yeah. um, it definitely was back-to-back with something else I watched, and it would just be something I caught, you know, oh, this is better than I thought it'd be, even then, like, in 96 and 7 when it started. Mm. But... Like, later on, like, when you go back and watch this, especially now as an adult, this holds up, like, I you wouldn't believe. I mean, there are jokes in here, I, I know we talked about a little bit before we started recording, is, like, I was laughing out loud. This And not to say that's, like, a shocking thing. Everyone laughs Not like, some, some oh, we're shows, laughing because but... this is so stupid. Like, these are well-constructed jokes. Yeah, the thing, and they hold up. Yeah, because I was telling you, the thing that got me is that this is kind of a very mature show. Like, I never regularly watch the show. And I think in my mind, especially as a kid, I was like, well, it's not Clueless the movie. I think we'd, right. I think everyone would gr- agree that Rachel Blanchard is a more versatile actress than Alicia Silverstone. But when you think Cher Horowitz, you think Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. And, just- and the thing with, yeah, like they're, they're very similar, but I feel like Rachel Blanchard's doing a more, she's the straight man, whereas Alicia Silverstone was almost the funny 
she was the, the she was kind of the joke yeah. yeah yeah and it's just watching this back seeing how how great she is and just i think also i remembered it more as a child show too and it, yeah. it's kind of, it's not that at all not at all i was yeah, and I, amazed i I remember, I definitely remember the Insane guest starring. I remember Sabrina having a crossover episode with this, which is really this fucks with the entire con- like concept of the show because this is just like a show. You know who clues the movie? There's not really magic in the movie. <laughs> it's just the magic insane. of Paul Rudd's smile. Yeah, and so we should say yeah. So basically, so Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd was uh, the main. Well, I guess we should break down. I, I mean, who the fuck hasn't seen Clueless? First of all, if you reveal to this, yourself, even yes, if you have not seen Clueless. What are you, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, stop listening to this now. Go watch Clueless, then come back to it, because you're not going to appreciate this the same way. I, and that's one of those movies, maybe you just get, didn't give it a shot because you thought it was, like, 90s fair, or you started it, and it has, like, a cheesy-ish beginning. That is, again, like, it's based off Shakespeare. That movie holds up amazingly well, because it's basically a plot, like, the tales of the time. And in the show... Obviously, it's like a more generalized version of that because it's a day to day. It's a weekly. I'm show, going to co- like... correct you real quick because it's based oh, on sorry. Jane Austen, not Shakespeare. Oh, I'm yes. so sorry. Yeah, it's Emma. Yes. Emma. I always say Shakespeare because I know it's based off something old. Right. <laughs> sorry. That was very fair like, of yeah. you. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, so based off. But I, I think I was thinking of uh, uh tendency about yeah. you because that's similar. Where that also holds up amazingly because based off of Shakespeare, like. Things that are based off of, like, old stories, not that Shakespeare... Except for Get Over It, because that movie is trash. What? Get Over It is a garbage movie. Oh, Get Over It. I thought you said Ted is No, 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 no. I'm saying (laughs) Get Over It is the exception to the Shakespeare love. I leaned back for the mic to cast because I didn't want to cause an argument. I was like, uh oh. I thought we were about to like fight over. Get over it. I was like, I will go toe to toe for 10 things to handle. Shane West, British accent. I mean, there are flaws. Sure. (laughs) I mean, Andrew Keegan's character is trash, but lovable trash. And now Andrew Keegan's a cult leader, so it all works out. Oh my god. Andrew Keegan. Get help. Um, but yeah, so uh, this this is like a more like watered down version. But a lot of the episodes have been written or directed by Amy Heckerling. It has a very strong like semblance of what the original movie was trying for as like a a vibe or a past- like it, it it has the same elements there. And a lot of the same actors are in it. Uh, we should probably just go over the basics. It was based off of Emma. Uh, Cher is like a kind of goody, like sweet. She means well. Rich and up, yeah, uptight. Um, I don't. She's not a Valley girl, right? But what, what would like a you know just, LA? Yeah, she's she's a Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero girl. She's yeah, so. um, she's Tori Spelling in Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero, except for with more of a brain. Yeah. So not not like someone who's dumb per se, but definitely someone who's like people probably underestimate. Basically, it's the whole point of yes. the character. And, um, uh, it basically, it, I always liked that movie, because same with, I mean, I brought up Legally Blonde, and I brought up, even Tendency Hate About You to a degree, too, because I think they're similar, because they're both, they're all female characters that people underestimate directly, and not, like, like, look, you want to get into the sexism of other stuff, like, people underestimate Ripley, because she's a female scientist or whatever, and then she fucking, like, kills it in Alien, but, like, these are characters that they underestimate, like, face-to-face on, like, a true, like, even once they reveal that they're smart, they're still underestimated. Like, there's no, there's no, like, toughness to them, because, not that they're, I mean, they are tough, but, like, basically what I'm saying is these characters, their strength is in their kindness and, like, their open, 
heart and their like willingness to like help other people, which sounds like a really kind of like like trickly kind of thing to say, but it's a totally unique point of view for a lot of shows. Like they're not. It's actually very similar, to, like a Leslie Nope. That's. I think these are all people that she could probably look to as like a inspiration. inspiration yeah. I'm sure. Like characters that basically did not let being feminine or open or uh, just like caring hinder the fact that they could also be like brilliant and successful and good at what they're doing so anyway i only say that because this is a huge part of this episode too because i think that they basically lampoon a lot of the like horror movie stereotypes of like the women in horror not that they do it super super obviously it's mostly about fucking with murray (laughs) which we'll get to but like they definitely bring up the fact that they're basically like dandles in this episode although they're like jokingly kind of poke fun at that more than once um but yeah so this this the whole show is based off of just the clueless movies, pretty much. Um, it's just share. The only people that did carry over from the movies are um, let's see. I mean, Murray you see, like only people. Like it wasn't the majority of the cast. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I guess I should say the only people that didn't were the certain people. Because it's but, kind of insane um, how like they just got everyone to come back basically, and, and it's and not everyone, but they came as like recurring or like guests. Yeah. Or they guest starred at least once, I think. Yeah. I don't know about Alicia Silverstone, but... Which is like, girl, what were you doing? She, apparently, she, she passed on it because she wanted to work on her, like, her burgeoning film career. And that was the wrong choice. What yeah, was... I mean, like, look, I like Alicia Silverstone a lot, but, like, now she's doing comedy. She probably could have just stuck with the comedy then. But, yeah, I think she kind of tried to be more... The whole I point mean, of, I think, her... I, I understand it. Strike while the iron's hot. Especially she was really young, too. And, like, she was working very well it was just happened it just happened to be the wrong decision yeah and i think you know i mean it's not for not everybody would translate the same way to tv i don't think for example paul rubb would have been as much of a tv at the time like he was much more serious in that movie like i don't know it would have translated as well but i like his character a lot but the character of josh in the original movie is very much like the most boring plain (laughs) nice guy but like very simple not like a very specific kind of character choice he's just kind of a nice decent person <laughs> that's basically all paul rudd it's like playing paul rudd on screen i would imagine <laughs> just like hey i'm here just talking to you like there's no like it's interesting to watch that movie because like it's almost again like we, we brought up the fact that it's a very oddly like uh, specific kind of feminist movie like he's the love interest which is i mean you can have your own flaws with the fact that he's her stepbrother um, ex-stepbrother Ex stepbrother. Yes. I'm so sorry. Still former step. Whatever. But uh, so he is the love interest, and basically is the equivalent of a, like a female love interest in a lot of movies. Has basically no discerning like character characteristics besides just being a nice person and like very you know, it's like almost again like an inversion of the normal like trope of the female character being this like amorphous nothing. Anyway, uh, so uh, in and in the show, the character also it's... I guess Josh doesn't really translate in general to the character because like he's gone after the first season, but that could be yeah, because it's played I mean... by David Lasher. Yeah, oh god, David Lasher, they just kept trying to make that guy bless his heart, but he no. peaked at Hey Dude. <laughs> we all know it. Maybe Blossom. Yeah. Maybe Blossom. Oh my god! And then um, so. It's uh, Rachel Blanchard from Sugar and Spice, uh, 7th Heaven, among other things, tra- takes over for um, Cher. Um, Stacey Dash stays on as Dion. Um, uh, Brittany Murphy is a guest star. She's not in there as Ty. I don't think they have a They tie have a tie for like three episodes. And oh, then, they do. And then like, they, she's like very schlubby nerdy. Oh. Is there who plays Ty? I don't know. Someone who doesn't act anymore. Uh, I looked it up too. 
and then I, for, I have completely no forgot it. No recollection of her even being in the show, so that probably says something, I guess. But um, uh, yeah. So there's Ty, and then um, uh, Murray is still played by Donald Faison. Um, Elisa uh, Donovan or Eliza Donovan. Elisa, uh, right? Yeah. Amber, Elisa, and then uh, Sean still plays Sean. Well, Sean Tyson? apparently. I always remembered him playing Sean in the movie. He did not apparently play Sean in the movie. He played someone else. Like I, but he was still his friend. Right? Yeah, he was still his, his buddy. Because he's keeping it real. <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence. Yeah, it was Lawrence so. in the movie, apparently. It's basically him. Yeah. And Dan Hedaya is not in the show. It, it's, um, there are two different Mel's in the show. Yeah. And they go completely really? different directions. That's great. I did not know that. Because well, no, you have the second one who's Doug Sheehan, who's the hot one, the one in this one, and then Michael oh, Lerner. Oh well, compare, compare, and contrast. And then you yeah, have definitely. Michael Lerner uh, as the original one. It's like that's night and day. Yeah, it's funny because when I go back and watch when I was when I was younger, I definitely went back and watched um, like Clueless, and I used to be like, this is not who I remember playing her father. And I realized that I watched so much of the show mixed in with the the movie. For a very long time, I just assumed that, that Michael Lerner was the person who played the character in the movie. Um, now, Michael Lerner, I think most people will probably actually recognize as well. He's very well known for, like, among other things, like, recently, I guess you could say Glee. But, like, he's been in, like, I mean, he's just a character actor. To, I had no idea that. Michael Lerner was on Glee. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? That's, like, his most recent, like, thing, I think. He played the, the uh, What was he doing on Glee? Green. Mr. Green? I don't know who that is. Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. Sydney Green? I did not uh, watch those episodes. I didn't either, but I'm just looking based off of his uh, IMDb. But uh, he's just been in, I mean, like, he's one of those people, when you go look at his picture on IMDb, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, he's been in everything. But yeah, compare him to the second guy for Cher's dad in the show. It's like, what? How did you go to have, like, the same casting, basically? I mean, like, the guy that got <laughs> the second time, Doug Sheehan... He's probably a great actor. He just, he literally looks like you're looking at a transparent piece of paper. He has. Like, it's like there's nothing there. It's just like a random insert of a, of a dad. In terms of like Mr. Like Horowitz, like he has no personality for it either. Yeah. He's... And it's, that that character is its own very distinctive character because it started with Dan Hedaya. It's like very. Yeah. Like, like he's a weird dude. It's like a, it's a weird. It's a weird casting why... choice. And he's not even like yeah. they pretend that he's anything similar. Can I just say, like, I remember really distinctly watching the original Clueless as a kid and thinking, like, what a great dad. Like, obviously, it's partly because I guess they're, like, rich and, like, you know, successful. But, like, she has all these, like, wild, like, schemes and, like, adorable things that she does, like, being funny and, like, quirky. And he just is, just, like, supportive of most of them, from what I remember. Like, very, like open like you kind of see where Cher mm-hmm. gets her openness because like he has a very gruff demeanor when he's doing all this business stuff but like I mean then you could say there's some like maybe there's some like you know he's treating her as a, a daughter with like gloves like doesn't care what she does let her get away with everything that's its own I guess critique of it but I found always find it very interesting that he's kind of like you'd expect a character like Cher to come in and be like daddy I'm gonna go save mm-hmm. the homeless and he'd be like what are you talking like you know yeah. normally that kind of gruff character would be like who shuts someone dumb. who shuts her down like he would assume yeah and he does this constant like great i'm happy for you sweetie or like daddy i need money to help like get skis for like, yeah the, the, he knows she's like, a good kid which is really good yeah, like it's a very interesting choice i think that he always played with that character and then it transferred to the show a lot um and then i think anybody else wallace sean's i think on the show yeah he's in the first um, season and then twink kaplan who's miss geist she's in the first season too 
Yeah, and I, I don't know if Bre- Breckenmire, he might have just guest starred. Breckenmire, yeah, apparently guest starred, but like uncredited. He was part of the tie, I don't know. <laughs> so it might just really? been like a quick thing. Yeah, it says uncredited in this Wikipedia. Hmm. He probably just is like a little like walking. And then same, at least we mentioned that Brady Murphy guest starred, and like a bunch of people like at one point just kind of like like skipped in. Like a lot of people have been on the show too. If you're interested in like like we'll get into this episode it has a. Uh, Two-time Emmy Award-winning Danny Strong playing, like, basically a glorified background player, which is crazy, again, because this is back, if you if you think back, if, you're, if you've also, like myself, weirdly followed the career of Danny Strong. I mean, from, like, I feel like we all life. have followed his career just accidentally, really. Isn't it weird? Like, I definitely have been accidentally watching him, like, oh, it's that guy again. Man, he just keeps working. <laughs> wow, he just keeps working. Is that Danny Strong winning an Emmy? Like, that's basically how it escalated. <laughs> Uh, but, like, he was, he started at the same time, I think, as this, on, as he did on Buffy. Mm-hmm. This is, like, season one of Buffy style, like, uh, probably, he started, like, I think he was, like, in the, the, the pilot, even, of Buffy. He's he was definitely, like, early. Definitely, early I think he's an unaired pilot, definitely, and then he shows up later uh, in the first season. Yeah, he's been there forever. So, he's around and young, and, uh, everyone else is pretty much the same, other than Rachel Blanchard and, um... Uh, obviously they did switch out the Josh character. He's not in this episode, though, so we Yeah, he's only in season one because (laughs) they couldn't make it work. (laughs) Couldn't make it work. (laughs) I I feel bad. I always, like, he seems like a nice enough guy. Does he? never made it work. I don't know. I mean, he's always playing nice enough characters, so hopefully that means he's... They're so boring, though. Yeah, that's true. Oh, except Um, for in Hey Dude, where he was the lovable (laughs) troublemaker, as Wikipedia says. Ted McGriff. Did he play a lovable troublemaker on on Two of a Kind? Like he he had done he that was before. like he was the younger brother and he was kind of immature. So that was okay. yeah, was maybe it's immature. To. Yeah, but I definitely remember him being like the go to like let's just try and make this person the and love it, interest, and they just kept doing it for years. And they added him like the second half of the season, and it's just like basically they're adding him to make things more entertaining. David Lasher is not a show saver. I don't know why Two of a Kind in its one season that, thought though. that, or Sabrina the Teenage Witch in its later seasons thought that. But then again, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Clueless have a weird connection, so... Yeah, well, we mentioned they had the crossover episodes, which we discovered prior to, to recording that he also, again, as we remembered, he played a character named Josh on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I now consider it canon that the Josh he played on Sabrina the Teenage Wish is Josh, uh, the former, or I guess I guess at that point, ex-boyfriend of Cher Horowitz. I don't even know if in the show they, they, they hooked up. I don't think they did. I think they're they probably, doing, I think they're probably doing the will they, won't they, and then they realize his character's not working, so they got rid of they him. They kissed, though. They kissed. It was a whole thing. But, like, in the show... Yeah, they definitely kiss. It, 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 like, broke up her relationship, I think, at one point. Yeah, but... I don't know. I, I doubt... They may not have stayed together. Yeah, probably not, because, yeah, I think... Well, he was older. It was always kind of weird. Like, he was her boss at the freaking coffee shop, right? It was really inappropriate. Oh, no, I'm talking about in, here in Clueless. Oh, okay. God damn it. <laughs> well, no, I mean in the sense that, like, basically it means that Paul Rudd was also the character of Sabrina. Like, that oh, character God. of Josh uh, but, yeah, is Sabrina Josh. and Josh definitely got together because... I remember those boring episodes. <laughs> God. Oh, man. But, oh, good lord. Um, but, yeah, so, um, I guess in the show, Clueless, they never stayed. That's kind of sad. I guess that's the one thing they did retcon. Is it, like, I mean, that still was a weird choice. Though. Yeah, I think like, they, they that's one of the things they retconned in the show. Is that they just, it hadn't happened. What was going on in the 90s? Before we get into this. <laughs> between that what and What was going on in the 90s? Like, 
what what were they why was like siblings kissing such a thing on that in this like oh god i don't know what they were doing with that but it is like one of those things that you grow older and you're like this is weird <laughs> they did this. what other siblings kissing were you thinking of drive me crazy oh I mean, they weren't siblings at not, the time but their parents were yeah the, the end was the, was gonna make them siblings he's like why would you do this yeah, and also, like, they're definitely gonna be siblings, so now they're just gonna be, like, either awkwardly, like, yeah, we, like, made out siblings, or we're gonna be dating at the same time our parents get married. And the whole like, time, yeah, their parents were, like, trying to push them to, like, be friends again and everything. It's because, of course, their parents were, like, a secret couple, but, like... On they... the DL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just didn't realize putting them back together like, like that is what made them want to be in a relationship. Way to go, parents. And also, like weirdly again like in the weird triumvirate of like it had it had melissa joan hart again and then like it was like a weird what were you into related. melissa joan hart <laughs> and like i think the funny thing if you go i i i welcome anyone to go back and watch uh the movie drive me crazy which is not a great movie really. it's better than <laughs> get like, over it i'll give i'll give it yeah, that well my, my, everything is but it's, it's got some over. upsetting yeah stuff. but um uh, it's one of those movies where if you do watch as an adult, you notice immediately the parents are basically, like, on the sly, like, trying to hook up. And it's, yeah. like, the whole, like, back plot of the movie is the parents getting closer, and it's great. Like, not that you're, like, cheering for it to happen, but it's kind of funny, because the, the kids are all, like, oh, everything's so emotional and serious, and the parents are just, like, always hanging out in the background. <laughs> you're just, like, hmm. They're in a relationship, you guys. Close. You should probably, if you weren't so self-involved, you'd notice this. Exactly, and that's why they didn't notice until they freaking like were engaged the day they first hook up. But anyway, so uh, so let's get into these episodes. Like they're very they're very short and simple, but like very they're good and funny. We're of... not gonna have as much to criticize, I think. But, but yeah, there's a lot of great things to point out. Really, look, we've been away for a while. We wanted to have a a, a time back in where we weren't like furious from the get go. So we'll get back to that soon, I'm sure. <laughs> But this is like a nice warm bath to get into. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, uh, but yeah, so this starts out like, I actually really, this is like such a simple thing they did, but I think it really is like one of my like favorite bits of the episode because they, this is a weird uh, uh, this, like thing to like, I guess. But they have, they start out, the episode begins with this creepy view of Dion trying on a Halloween costume. And it's like this, like eerie music. And the it's, spooky again, music, as I wrote in, in my notes, spooky. Yeah, very spooky. And it has this scream, kind of like, like creepy, like string music, like something bad's happening. And then it cuts to like the inside, and then it's like a monologue from like it was like Sharon. Her voiceover, Sharon yeah. The movies, yeah. Sharon the movies is like very famous for having that voiceover over everything, like basically constantly narrating the movie. Same thing happens on the show to a degree. Um, the episodes definitely start out full narration, and she's talking about, like, your first crush, your first kiss, your first Kennedy, which is hilarious. But, like, I love the transition from, like, creepy Halloween scary music-like thing to just cut to, like, da-da-da-da-da, and then she's like, first kiss, first- it's, like, really, there's no- there's no transition at all. It's literally, like, someone, like, popped into a, like, a cheeky, like, teen drama from, like, an episode of, like- Fargo or something. Like, very different, like, transitions in every way. And they did not even blink. There was no, like, wink to camera. It, like, lets you make the decision, like, wait, did I just start watching an episode of Criminal Minds and it just cut over? By the way, you Like, should... it really feels that abrupt. It's great. You should point out what Dion's uh, costume is. Yes. So, she's getting ready. They were going out, I guess, to, like, some kind of party or they're just getting ready. They're, like, trying out, like, Halloween costumes or something. Yeah. And Dion is wearing, um, uh, I 
I don't know. It's the the what do they call it? The uh, God, I'm terrible. What the the British flag is called? There's a name for that, but it's the British British flag on her um, shirt and skirt, and she's it's the Union Jack, right? Yeah, Union Jack. Thank you. She's wearing the Union Jack, which is like the famous ginger spice yes. outfit. If you guys know from Spice Girls, she, despite her and... blackness, she is ginger spice, which I really appreciate actually. Yeah, and also like that—that's an a kinda, it's like there's a couple things in this episode where, and they kind of make the joke about um, Shara is also dressed as Janet Reno, and she's like, "It's the first time I'm not dressing as a." Oh yes, which in my notes I wrote, "Oh my god, '90s feminist icon Shara Horowitz." Janet Reno. <laughs> she was like so excited. I didn't know she was Janet Reno though. I thought she was like B. Arthur or something. <laughs> she's very similar. It still works. Just kind of a generic, like, older lady outfit. Looks good. I mean, she's still, she has the glasses and everything. Um, but yeah, she dresses, and then I do like that, like, uh, Stacey Dash is like, oh, like, um. You have uh, to call her Dion, because calling her Stacey Dash, when Stacey Dash is canceled, we can't, do, we can't, we have to yeah, separate like, the art from the artist. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not, at this, like, we, this is long before, I think, any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, this is way before we knew out. that, but we um, know it now. Yeah, we were all naive. We know it now. Which is she's upsetting because she's so, great here, she's but so good in this episode, in these episodes, and in the movie, obviously. Um, but yeah, oof, that's tough because, I mean, what are you doing, girl? But so, so <laughs> what's, what's weird about this too is that like, she does like acknowledge the fact that she's like, uh, she kind of makes the political argument against Janet Reno then, and I'm like, who's this? Is like a bad precursor. Oh, this is where I yell, "Fuck off, Dion!" Because Ginger Spice is a role model too, but shut up. Yeah, so she she makes fun of Cher for wearing the Janet Reno outfit. She says Ginger Spice is the real icon here, uh, which I mean, look, they're both female like icons. You can you can like both. Um, uh, so yeah, so they they're hanging out like like kind of just like like dancing around the room, checking out their outfits, looking cute, and they get a creepy phone call, which is like this the classic ghost face kind of uh, like what's your favorite scary movie kind of uh, phone call, mm. and they're just like, hey, what's up? And they they mess around with them. It's like a prank call, generic, very just like, who is this? Now, who is this? You called me, that kind of thing. They hang up, calls back again, mentions directly, like, you're dressed up as a pretty good looking, <laughs> they say clean shaven Janet Reno, which is like, Janet Reno doesn't have to be clean shaven. <laughs> she doesn't have a beard. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, it's a weird joke to make with it. They just, they completely, like, throw a couple jokes in there that are just truly meant for people, I guess, older, or just, like, to listen to, like, the actual, like, because <laughs> that's the thing about Clueless, the movie, there's so many, like, little, like, one-liner jokes in that movie that other, like, generic teen comedies that are just there to, to entertain for teen reasons don't try to actually be, uh, like, funny. Uh, so this, they, they kind of, they get creeped out by the call. Tian decides to screw with the caller because she assumes it's Murray, which is, like, a fair assumption because Murray, if you remember from the movies, is always kind of, like, pulling stupid shit like this. <laughs> it's very so Murray. she assumes it's Murray. Yeah, it's very Donald Faison, basically. If you know, yes. he's very similar in this as he's been He's also dressed that, by this point, Murray and Deanna have broken up again. Yes. And they talk about it a lot. I guess, I guess we should bring up the fact that, like, this must take place in an part of the movie that never happened it's like, just it like an alternate universe i think is the best way yeah, to discuss it because i only say that because partly like because josh did leave and everything and also and, like, because we learned that Deanna and marie are oh Dion's a virgin yes. yeah and now like that was not in the movie at all Af- at, by the, the yeah movie, after the, the driving huge scene. part of the movie <laughs> yeah on the freeway uh, but yeah, so they, they, uh, she, she's freaked out at first. Like, Shara's really freaked out. She's like, hit the ground. Like, we're gonna get Hit the killed. ground. Like, 
God. What was that about? I, I loved it every time. Snipers. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but I loved it. And um, so that she she says hit the ground, and Dee's like, "Chill out, Cheris, just marry screwing with us." So she walks up to the to the outside tree area or whatever, and uh, I guess that's yeah, where she's this is where immediately I'm like, "What is this show?" Yeah, and she's yeah. This is a very adult decision, to be honest. Like straightforward, like yeah. very adult, which is. The movie is that way, so they did hold true to the movie. It has weird, weird adult elements. I just did not remember it being like this. Yeah, like, I remember watching that movie the first time, and I don't think I ever really fully made the concept, like, uh, realization that uh, Cher was into a gay guy. Like, I didn't even come <laughs> Like, uh, I know that's, like, a huge part of the movie, but I feel like when you're a child watching that movie, you're if you're dumb enough, like I was, <laughs> you're just like... Why doesn't he want to be with her? Oh, he's just not into her? I mean, it's Christian, if you remember the character. Yes. They do kind of out and out say it, but again, it was the 90s, so they were not like, they they show Christian with a boyfriend later. It was just they mention it once, and if you miss that line, you didn't realize the reason he didn't want to date her. Also, this episode at least keeps the fact that Cher has no gaydar whatsoever. Right. Oh my god. But so, she, she, um... She walks up to the, Dion walks up to the window where she assumes that someone saw that, you know, Cher was dressed as Janet Reno and decides to screw with them and saying, like, you like looking at us, take a look at these, and basically just pulls down her shirt, flashes openly the entire outdoors. They hear a crash downstairs and then they're like, she's like, it's fine, it was Murray. And then, like, immediately Murray walks into the room and says, what was Murray? And she freaked out because she thought, like, obviously Murray was the one calling. He couldn't have called her in the room. Yeah. Oh no, it is something creepy. So they all freak out. Again, <laughs> they hit the floor, like, ah! All three of them army crawl down, and, and this oh, is right this on scene the original. Is, this is art. This scene is art. It is. This scene alone is like, this is where I know this show is, like, I wrote my notes here. It literally was like, this show immediately surrenders to the bit, to the point of actual creepiness. Like, it truly is okay with making you a little freaked out, because it's like, that's the part of the fun. Like they they're okay with making it like not just a like homage to Scream. It truly kind of makes you a little creeped out. Like there are parts of that Boy Meets World episode we Oh, that was, episode is terrifying and traumatic. Yeah, like there are definitely scenes in that where you're like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Like it gets a little creepy at the end, especially. And that episode so, aired in February. Did it really? Yeah, that epi- that was like their uh it was the week after the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. The one yeah with Sean's exes? Yeah. God, what a fucking great episode of TV. Right? Sorry. <laughs> you want to have a good time, go back and watch that episode. Oh. So good. Man, I like. I think we mentioned it before when we did that episode. We, of course we have. Sean Hunter, Angela Romance is true. OTP. OTP. Like, when, the fact that he fell in love with her based off of her bag is truly one of those things that, like, nothing in my life is ever going to compare to that, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, it truly comes across, like, the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And holds up to this day as, like, truly... Very, very, very before it's time in general. Yeah, like, you people just... can keep your Corey and Topanga's. I'm all about Sean and Angela. Yeah, and it just generally, like, that was, like, the kind of shit you would see on, like, a much more modern show where they're like, oh, yeah, like, I fell in love with their bag. Like, that is, like, it sounds like such a stupid thing to be like, I fell in love with their bag, but it's like, that's like a whole movie, basically. They've had made movies about that. And this is back in, like, the 90s when that show was just, like, a joke, like, after-school special kind of thing. And then once they... I feel like once they introduced that, the show was taken up to a whole different level. And it became better. Because until Angel's on that show, it was mostly just, like, like, oh, man, my parents don't get why I don't want to do sports. And so I <laughs> get mad. But I really don't 
like the new sports, and then, uh, but, like, that's the kind, I like the show, I mean, it was cheesy, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, we all love sense, Sports World, but, like, but Angela made the show, like, baby. High school. Yeah. But so, um, in this scene, it, it cuts to them all freaking out, hitting the floor, then we cut immediately to Letters to Cleo, which was like, yes. It's not Letters to Cleo. That's how they get well, you. It's, it's not. It's basically Letters to Cleo. It's, uh, it's someone covering Letters to Cleo, right? Or something. Well, no. It was, uh, so it was written by Charlotte Caffrey and, uh, from The Go-Go's and Anna Warrenker from That Dog, which we've discussed on this podcast before. And it was uh, performed by a girl named China Forbes. And it's like, it's one of those songs, it, like, it sounds exactly like like that that music of that era, of, like Letters to Cleo or like the Go-Go's and that dog. It sounds like something you would hear on the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack, basically. Well, they did sing that song, though. Letters to Cleo sang Ordinary Girl, didn't they? No, I don't think so. It's one of those things where like probably back in the day when you're like, you're Kazaa or something, you like... It's like ordinary girl letters to Cleo. Yo, that's that's what it, that is like way too real. That's like, what it was. You would download a bunch of shit on Kazaa, and you're like, hopefully they all labeled it right. And it's all like, labeled wrong, and you think for years that songs, certain songs are like sung by other people, and they're not. <laughs> yeah, there was a song for years I used to think was sang by Aerosmith, but someone had relabeled it, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> in my life, what is this fake Aerosmith song? I want to know about that. Ah, uh, it was like really early, 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 like uh, Kiss or something, and they also because back wow. in the day, if you, if you listen to old Aerosmith, like long before Janie's got her gone, like mm-hmm. Aerosmith from like the seventies or whatever, it doesn't sound like normal Aerosmith. Yeah, it was before his voice had like some issue or something, so he has a whole different style of voice. Like if you listen to like um, "Sing for the Moment," I think is what it was, or one of those songs, the, the Eminem uh, sample, yes. that song. Uh, Dream that on is, is the name of the song. Sound. Jesus Christ, Mora, you might want to edit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so but so this is sung by so my God, they're just I mean, they've been in other like female rock groups. They have the same sound as like a lot of female mm-hmm. rock groups. It has a very like nineties like we I mentioned letters to Cleo because it's basically like someone doing a letters to Cleo cover. It's crazy. Yeah, they're great though. I mean, I only say that they're saying like they're it's truly like a phenomenal song. And the minute it started, like. I had watched this show live. That theme is still the GM. I had, like, I remembered every lyric. I didn't even think I did, but. I went back and, like, listened to it again, literally. Like, I stopped it, pulled it back, and I was like, this guy is literally the Polaroid of perfection. Like, it is classic. And I feel like anyone who watches just the, I'll link in the description the, um, the credits. Not just for one even day. If you don't, so <laughs> even good. Even if you don't remember it. It'll hit you with, like, a wave of nostalgia. Like, I did remember this show. Like, I forgot that I watched every episode of this and probably, like, memorized the lyrics to the song, even though I assumed it was just a big popular song at the time, you know? It's crazy how stuff just, like, gets stuck in It's you, crazy but, yeah, that if so... you just uh, Google Ordinary Girl Clueless, how many of them say it's Letters to Cleo when it is not? Yeah, crazy. I, I mean, it's, it's been... It, I, honestly, some idiot on Kazaa fucked us all over. You know it. You know it. <laughs> And yeah, we're talking about Kazad, not LimeWire, you children. So, <laughs> like, so they 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 start out, like, army crawling down the stairs to get away from whatever's staring at them through the window, because they assume that, like, I guess they have a sniper or something. It, and it's, 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 it's such a huge a staircase from Clueless, too. So yeah. So it's, it's it, them army crawling down the entire staircase. Yeah, I mean, that's an iconic staircase, so if you're not familiar, it's just truly, like, two wraparound staircases meet into one large one. It looks like something out of a... <laughs> fucking like like scarface i guess yeah. is also similar like very huge ornate because again they're rich beverly hills people um and they're already crawling down honestly that's a pretty brave stunt that must be kind of dangerous but they went down the whole staircase like army crawling. and i loved it every second hilarious. of it <laughs> 
and they use they use I I mentioned here I I want to try and pull I didn't have time to really like go through the scream soundtrack mm-hmm. if I can find that it actually does truly match I will definitely link to it if they don't they picked very similar scoring music that is basically just a scream ripoff I don't think they necessarily use the actual song from Scream but they definitely like tried to make it as scream like as possible which again I mentioned because they like brought up the fact that like this is this is kind of dark for like a scene of a comedy tv show for teenagers like it's got the creepy music their arm crawling down the stairs and they're all screaming like it's kind of scary and then they kind of stop and you're like is someone gonna murder these characters like you're not sure um and then they they mentioned like uh the the creepiest part to me is like okay the army crawling's a little funny but when they get to the bottom of the stairs that they're army crawling they're like he could still be inside the house um the door's wide open (laughs) Yeah, he says the door's wide open, and they cut to the front door, and it is literally, like, a wide-open front door, and there's something scary about that. Like, even if, like, I've been to house parties or, like, friends' houses where they, like, leave the door open while people are moving stuff in and out, and sometimes you, like, come upon an open door, and it still kind of creeps you out a little bit. Like, uh, maybe because I was raised in an area where you just don't leave a door open like that. Like, there's something very eerie about an ajar door in certain areas, and especially in the scene, because it's dark mm-hmm. in the house. Um, the door is literally wide open and there's like moonlight shining in and it's creepy. It's just straight up creepy. It's very much like Scream, like the latter half of Scream, once everyone starts getting killed, essentially, and there's like people running through the house and scream, the fact that like the door is wide open becomes like terrifying because you don't know who ran, because you don't know who opened it basically. And I mean, uh, uh, in this scene, Murray did me- does mention he walked in to, like, see them, and the door was already ajar, and he's like, I went in to see what was wrong, which was, like, good for you to go inside and check, but, I, like, that's creepy on its own. Um, so they're freaked out, they're like, oh my god, what's going on? Um, and then they cut to, the cut to this, the door, I only want to mention for people who are also, like, fucking like, scream nerds like myself, it literally is, like, a, a, almost like a shot-for-shot uh, pastiche of the scene in Scream, where they cut to the boyfriend outside, or in Scream 4, I think, they cut to the sidekick slash, like, yeah. dude. That is, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how to do it more distinctly, like, it is almost the, the same lighting, the same, um, they have the, uh, ornate, like, uh, columns, like, Roman col- columns, like, it is, if you can picture the scene where they, like, what about your boyfriend, Sydney? And they cut to the outside, and there's, like, an outside floodlight on the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That is the shot they show of the front door. So you're immediately like, <gasps> like, I've seen someone get murdered and disemboweled I mean, in this scene before. This it's episode creepy. does such a good job that, like, towards the climax of the whole story, it basically rips off Scream 3 before Scream 3 even exists. Existed, exactly. I it's feel brilliant. like, considering all, like, the cluster that was making Scream 3, I wouldn't be surprised if they just ripped off this episode like, Ooh. here, we'll do this. Honestly, I I dream of a world where Amy Heckerling wrote a Scream movie. Like, that's my life. That's what I would want. Like, if you could ask me one thing in my entire, like, life that what I would I would prefer is for her to write a Scream movie. That sounds amazing. Let's do it. It's so, so good. <laughs> so they're freaked out, and of course Dion and Murray, if you've watched the movie and know them, they're bickering all the time. Um, and she's like, I broke up with you! And like, yeah. like I like, broke yeah, up with you! Way- He's like, yeah, and the last episode of Seinfeld was really funny. <laughs> Great jokes, guys. Holds up to this Although, day. Like, like, I see the, uh, there is one joke like in the scene. I think it's the one joke that does not hold up. It's just the, the bust builder joke. Yeah, that was just, I mean, he makes a joke because they're trying to figure out who's in the kitchen. So they pull, the, like, they call it the bust builder. or Bust builder, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's supposed builder. to make her boobs bigger. 
Which is like, haha, like he's just trying to make her boobs bigger. And then there is a couple, but then, like, that's a shitty joke, but the follow up jokes are great because then she's like, that's, oh, that old thing. And then he says it's Bus Builder 98, which is, of course, <laughs> means that it was, it was done the same year this was released because it's 98. That's how old this is. But like, she's like, oh, well, I mean, it's not mine or something. It was for someone else. And he's like, made specifically for Cher Horowitz. It's just like, whatever. And she just like shuts, like, it's, they're dumb. They're dumb follow up jokes, but like, it's very similar to a show like a 30 Rock and that's or something also where you're not, just making... Like, not for children. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. But you're making just, like, out-and-out jokes where you're like, I don't care if this breaks the, the you know, the fourth wall. We're going to make oh, a gonna, funny joke Oh, they break the fourth wall so much. Ever, oh, my God. This whole episode is lampshading, like, from start to finish. It's fantastic. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I think, I think some people would probably find it a little bit like... Um, well, I, I don't find it this way, but I think some people would probably find it, like, a little bit too funny that they wanted something more like the movie but i think the movie's pretty funny i think it's where it works well but um so yeah they make fun of the last episode of seinfeld which is pretty i think from what i can remember probably happened right before this aired so it's pretty like uh timely and um they make the joke that like that wasn't funny and then they they have uh murray go uh wielding the the bus bill, oh wow yeah that's very impressive because that was may 14th of that uh, of 1998 yeah so like he goes wielding this this bus builder, which is kind of just like a piece of like almost just like a uh, curtain rod or something, but like shorter. And he goes running into the kitchen to try and you know attack who's there. They hear a crash in the kitchen, which is why they go in. And um, he opens the door, and it was a cat, and the cat runs out. And then I mentioned these earlier. This is where I'm talking about where this kind of like the jokes are like three levels deep for people that are paying attention, basically, because the cat runs out, and they're like, oh, we're babysitting or we're cat watching a cat, and then. Um, they call it Muffy, and she's like, oh, it's just Muffy. And he's like, who's Muffy? And she's like, we're, we're cat-sitting uh, Sharon Stone's cat, Muffy. Which is, like, one of those jokes where it's like, <laughs> okay, just the generic joke, but it's like, no, this is from the 90s. Sharon Stone in the 90s showed her cooch in the middle of <laughs> So that is straight up, not only, like, a pussy joke on the fact that she showed her cat, it's called Muffy, which is, like, British for, again, like, it's a pussy joke. It's great. Are like, <laughs> that's, like... I mean, like, that's a level of, like, you have to really pay attention to catch that kind of joke. I mean, maybe I'm me reading too much into things, but, like, I don't think that's no, an you're, accident. No, I think, I think you're good. Yeah, it's crazy. But, like, that's a throwaway line. They mention it. Oh, that's her, that's Sharon Stone's cat, Muffy. That's it. If you didn't keep up, you didn't even notice it, which is, like, that's great. I'm like, thank you for writing for both adults and children at the same time. But so Murray Did, goes, Were they writing for children? I don't know. I guess not. But uh, I guess someone would laugh at that, like, haha, it's a cat joke by, owned by Sharon Stone. Like, what is that for children? <laughs> Who's Sharon, Sharon Stone? Stone? <laughs> like, honestly, there are some jokes in here. Like, I don't, I, I didn't get the Wilshire, Wilshire joke, but I know that you Wilshire. Probably, yeah, Wilshire. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get that joke, but I know it was definitely meant for adults in LA, which is like a very <laughs> distinct, like, demo, which is probably not their audience. <laughs> <laughs> they were writing for each other, which I respect in a way, because even if it didn't make for, like, TV for fodder for teenagers, it holds up tremendously when it's basically just, like, <laughs> fuck people south of Wilshire, or Wilshire. But so, um, the cat runs out, they're like, oh, it was nothing, it was just a cat. So Murray does that classic, like, turns his back to the door, no big deal, and then immediately, which, again, is creepy, because it's, like, still has the scream vibe of it, where everything's dark, all you see is the lit, um, door. A hand reaches out, grabs him, pulls him into the kitchen, and you see them, like, tussling, strangling him through the silhouetted uh, door. 
And they're like, oh my god, they freak out. And the girls go in after him, like, we're gonna stop it. And then they find out it's Sean, his friend, um, wearing, like, a little cat burglar mask kind of thing and, and a sweatshirt. <laughs> they're like, haha, it was a prank. Which is, like, a very elaborate prank, <laughs> really. <laughs> like, I understand that the, the creepy call is one thing and, like, him going in and pretending it wasn't him. But, like, he army crawls down the stairs with yeah, them. Yeah, you had to do that. <laughs> bickers with them to go into the room. And there's, like, a whole level of, like... He's a little sadistic, even from the get-go, so you kind of understand why the second part of the episode happens. So, they're like, haha. And then he immediately, like, tries to try to get them to do him a favor, which I'm like, Murray, you should have come over with, like, some brownies or something. Like, what are you doing coming over, freaking these girls well, out and saying, now I need your help to make a haunted mansion at Bob Saget's abandoned mansion? Like, Well, he, he asked for the favor after he finds out that Sean... Got a peek at Dion. Oh, boobs. right. And then there's this whole scene where, oh, God, that scene was a little much, but it was funny. Um, so, obviously, we mentioned before that Dion flashes the tree. The I guess one of the bump noises we heard earlier or something. I don't know. Yeah, the thud was him falling. Was him falling from the tree after seeing Dion. And then uh, once Murray realizes that he saw her, because he explains that's why he, why he was making a noise. And he's like, oh, you saw her? topless and then she's like yeah he did and then he comes over like all like like serious and upset and he's like after two years of nothing two years of nothing i didn't get to see her topless and you and he's like well, describe them for me and almost and he's like they're symmetrical and he goes over to her like oh dion you're killing me that kind of thing and it's i mean it's it's a little uh, it's fine it's funny but it's just <laughs> it's very like high school boy you forget that they're supposed to be high school kids and like oh god but so, um, they, they immediately, um, you know, give him shit for, like, fucking with them, and they're, like, trying to leave, they walk off, and he's like, wait, girls, girls, I need you to yeah. help me do this big giant thing, do next- the, the high school Halloween charity thing he was apparently put in charge of, and he hasn't planned it at all, and it's this weekend. It's the same weekend, which is Halloween weekend, which is not an easy weekend to start something, really, like, it's, you have to really have that kind of stuff planned in advance, so he wants them to help them throw- an elaborate haunted mansion, and they're going to use Bob Saget's abandoned mansion, which is, a, again, like a one-off joke, I guess, to, to poor Bob Saget. Not that poor Bob Saget, but, you know. I mean, Bob Saget bounced back, but... I guess this is probably in the midst of him. That was a dark joke then. Like, it's kind of sad. He did probably, like, lose a bunch of money after Full House or something. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> They just, they, they're just throwing, like, kicking him while he's down. They're like, it's, because they say, oh, Bob Saget has a mansion? I'm surprised. He's like, well, it's abandoned. So, it's like, <laughs> Jesus. Um, there's a lot of, like, industry jokes in this show, I think, is part of it. Like, it's very much, like, not only self-reflexive of the fact Oh, that, yeah. Like, oh, I, I went specifically to Bob Saget's wiki. Uh, 1998, he directed his first feature film, Dirty Work, which was a critical failure and low box office returns. Plus, this was a year after he left uh, his host of America's Funniest Home Videos, so he had nothing going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird dig. It's like a very specific dig and, like, not afraid to really, like, like go after him, which is funny. Um, and then they, they, like, they're, again, they're nice. I mean, Dee, to a degree, is more just like, ugh, Murray. But, like, Cher is just the type she's, of... Like, she's oh. really ugh, Murray, this whole time. And I, you know, I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm with her on that. Like, he just really screwed with them. That would have creeped me the fuck out. And he's lucky no one got killed in this. Like, I keep, like, this whole episode, I mean, like, you're, you're really part of the risky. lesson, obviously. Yeah. There is a lesson in this episode. And then so Cher has connections to Industrial Lights and Magic, which, again, is, like, very hoping children will keep up with the references to Industrial Light and Magic. <laughs> and she says, I've got connections. My dad, you know, produced something through them. He can help out. And then 
Uh, Maru's like, please, I'm on my hands and knees begging you to help me. And, of course, he's like, I've heard that that phrase before. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus. God. And so uh, they... Not for the kids. In, yeah, with no notice, in two days, they're basically going to put together uh, a haunted mansion. And mm-hmm. uh, Cher helps by, you know, getting all the funds and stuff together, I guess. Um, yes. so they... And Murray's a dick to all the crew. Yeah. You so have the, immediately the main you're introduced crew guy. To it, and the crew, the SFX guy named Jason, I think. Yes. Um, is like the head technician, I guess you'd call or something. He's mm-hmm. like in charge of the whole thing, and he hates Murray from the beginning. And just like Murray's very demanding and over the top. Yeah, he's and... he said about like a spoiled rich kid. To which Dion has to blow up Murray's spot. <laughs> I, I he's laughed. Even Can I just that say, rich? I laughed so hard at that, which is like a really mean thing to say. But I kept waiting for His like family this... lives well beyond their means. I'm like, what the hell? Like... <laughs> That was, like, such a personal dig that I felt like it was almost, like, an actual... Cher was like, come on. <laughs> and, like, I kept waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, where's the the punchline for them to say, like... I thought she was going to be, like, her her his father only makes, like, you know, 40 million a year or something like... You know what I'm saying? Like, something like they would actually say, but he is... She just straight up just, like you're saying, blows up a spot. It's just, like, they're living well beyond their means. Like, they're not that rich. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so mean. Very, so very mean. mean. And, like, really, why are you telling a stranger you just met? I guess it's her ex-boyfriend. She's trying to fuck with him. And Cher's like, Dion, that's inappropriate. <laughs> and she, like, <laughs> she, like I-, I do love the character of Cher. We mentioned she's very broad and, like, kind of simplified in this in this show. She's very, like, like that's not nice, Dee. <laughs> like, very straightforward. Like, stop talking to me. That's terrible. And Dee is literally awful. the same character in this as she is in the movie. Like, it's the same character beginning to end. Um, and same with Murray. And so, um, so they, they're, like, bickering about how Murray's being over the top, but the, the, the effects guy keeps dropping all these weird, like, asides where he's, like, basically, like, he likes dead bodies so much, let's see how much he likes when he's a dead body, like, stuff like that, like, very heavy-handed, you know, trying to be spooky and not let mm-hmm. you know, like, maybe he's in on this, like, well, later on we find out it's a creep factor, yeah. you think he might be well, one of the suspects, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, yeah. this is something that's actually not really addressed in the plot. It's kind of dropped. Uh, it's Amber wants to fuck him. Yeah, there was a weird. I didn't take notes on that specifically because there was like too much to even. I would have had well, to yeah, take she the was entire like, conversation. She took a list, of, made a list, and she'll see on the, of all the types she'd like to date before marrying her aging trophy husband. And he ticks uh, two boxes. Number 23, a convicted felon. <laughs> And 67, a laborer. And Which Dion is at least with her on number 67. And Dion's like, I do agree with you. Like, you keep waiting for someone to call her out like, you're a monster. But she's like, I do agree with you. He is number 67. And you know what we both like about guys that know how to work with their hands. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like, there's just... Uh, like, it's... It's very adult. It's amazing. It's very adult for a, a, a high school teenager to be yeah, like... this is... Yeah, that was the exchange where I wrote my notes. I remember the show being more kid-friendly. Maybe it was the theme that tricked me. But, I mean, it's one of those things where I think... I mean, the movie does have everybody having sex. So, I mean, they are pretty frank about the fact that teenagers have sex. But the show... But they also... They kind of code it more. Yeah, the They use, like, the hip language. They're pretty, like, upfront about what's happening here. Yeah, and the show... 
it's not that they ever out and out say that they're like he wants to, she wants to sleep with them. It's just she says like she she wants to date someone before she. I'm like okay, let's just, you're saying you want to fuck. Just, it, yeah, just you don't want to be in a relationship date. with this guy. Is it bang or something? Is it the same equivalent? It just switches in. But so she's she's like over there like giving him the eye. I mean he's not a bad looking guy, but he's also like a forty year old man who's like, it's just weird. He looks like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Thomas. Uh, was it Hayden Christian or something? Whatever. <laughs> Thomas Hayden Thomas, Church. Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> Thomas Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be honest. There's a lot of blank blank Christiansons. I thought that was one of them. So yeah, he's God, Thomas Hayden yes, Church. Yes, he looks like Ned from Ned and Stacy. Yeah, or like very generic, just like older, but older man. Like not even like yeah, subtle. He like he's like in his twenty. Like he's truly like I'm a father. He's or he took her older man box, or maybe yeah. she's probably already done the older man box. Honestly. Oh my God, convicted felon. Like how do you know? He's just like a random he's number dude. twenty three. I, that is pretty high up there. And, like, how were you to assume that he's a convicted felon? He's just, like, a random dude working for industrial light and magic. Like, just because fuck? he wants to kill Murray doesn't mean he's a convicted felon. Yeah. And then there is later on, I do love later on, there's a line where it's like, this is what, this is why you never trust anyone with more than three tattoos. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's where we're at, though, guys, if you want, like, a, a little, like, a thermometer of the culture at the time. So, so yeah, so they, they, they're, they like, freaking out, they're like, whatever, and then they, they meet this cheerleader that Murray God, and Patty the cheerleader. Name. She's phenomenal. Patty with an eye, by the way. Phenomenal. And so she's, she's trying to audition, she wants to play a werewolf, and the guy And are, not a sexy, bloody cheerleader. Yeah, and they're like, no, we want you to play something with the cheerleader, and they're like, no, I want to be the werewolf, and she's like, fuck she you She really cousin. wants to be a werewolf. And then, like, in a freakout, in order to, I guess, partly prove that she could be the werewolf, and then just having a, like, a chemical imbalance or something, she, like, freaks out, howls like a werewolf, and, like, honestly, it's such good direction, because the way they shoot it, it, it literally looks like she's gonna start to change into a werewolf. Like, I was, like, and waiting you know what? I would buy it. Yes! I'd buy it on the show. The show crossed over with Sabrina, you never know what shit's gonna happen, but it looks, like... If you've seen any of those, like, American Werewolf in, in London, so, like, they cut to a certain angle. I'm waiting to see the Max Landis version. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like watching that from the angle when, the, you know, there's an angle, and same they use on, like, Team Wolf and even on Buffy at times, when they cut to, like, someone transforming. It's kind of, like, just underneath the chin, up at the sky, because I guess it's the easiest to green screen out, <laughs> and then they, like, would change their face a little bit. And you were, I was literally like, are they going to start shifting her into a werewolf? I was like, uh-oh. But no, she just does this weird, like, un, like unhinged howl, freaks, and then grabs Murray and, like, roughs him up a little bit. And Sean's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then, like, they get, they're like, it's weird because she, again, it's, like, very unhinged where they're just like, bye. And she's like, bye. And then, like, that's enough. It's like someone popped well, a balloon. Also, you might think there are no werewolves in Scream, but that does not matter because it works for this. Yeah. Honestly, it really, it does, it works completely. And then... Again, she, they, like, throw in, like, Clue into this, too. It's it's all over the place, and it's, it's great. It's great. And so she wanders off, and then there's this, another great industry joke where uh, Sean, Sean looks over at uh, uh, Murray and is like, whoo, now playing the lead role in the Shannon Doherty story. And it's like, <laughs> that is just... What child is, like, hot, good Shannon Doherty ref, bro? Like, it's such a weird... <laughs> As, that is specifically for, like, adult women over the age of 20. <laughs> so I was like, good for you guys. And uh, so, she, so they're like, ha, 
we get more of the fact that the, the um the uh SFX guy hates Murray because later on they're inside the oh um, yes because Murray's uh, talking about his vision yeah and, and how Murray's blood cells and he says. The bigger the body count, the bigger the box office. You're doing a haunted house, dude. Yeah, and I really like... This is such a, sp- a specific aside, but like this is why I think the writing is so good. Because there's a scene where the SFX guy like basically delivers his... Um, uh, his point of view or his argument, which is like, you know, like in screenwriting, it's like that's kind of a big deal for him to like come up with a reason for being the antithesis mm-hmm. to them. And it's so solid. I'm like, that's a yeah, great argument. Yeah, you actually want some subtlety, and then you have... He says, Murray, who he is, says, like, you, the Michael Bay of the Yeah, he <laughs> says, picture. you don't need an SFX team, you need a butcher. And, like, that is a point of view, <laughs> cut and dry. You're like, yeah, dude, I completely get it. He's saying, basically, why did you hire us? Just go to a butcher and get a bunch of blood if this is what you want. That's, like, he says yeah. all that with one line, and he's barely seen in the episode. I'm like, what great writing? Because <laughs> also, it's, like, a true, like, genuine argument against why Murray's doing what he's doing. Like, you're being over the top. You're not really, like, paying attention to the fact that, like, these are craftsmen. Like, what he does is a craft. And they, they do fuck with him because he, he like, waves his hand and then two swords come flying at him in the wall. He's like, see... And Murray still doesn't now. learn. <laughs> he does not learn his lesson. So basically, this guy's arguing, like, he wants to make, like, the haunting or the House on Haunted Hill-style house where it's, like, creepy shit's going on. People are walking through walls. With and, even like, more blood. Yeah, ghosts and, like, Swords flying out of the thin air and like real creepy stuff. Cause that's what it's very dangerous. Ma- yeah, real, it is very dangerous. But like that is what a true like you know SFX <laughs> guy wants to do if he's hired on a weekend job. <laughs> Murray just wants buckets of blood everywhere, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is like okay, it has its place, but it's not what to... they're why you would hire a team to help yeah. you with. He so wants he to see the is... house of smelly death, as he calls it. Yeah, and he basically hired a bunch of people who are like crafted like long term like um you know tech guys to do busy work because that's basically all he wants them to do is like can you more blood here more this here. like it's not the kind of stuff it's just demeaning basically which is the whole point of Murray in this episode he's very like you know condescending he's everybody. very demeaning yeah and so he's walking around saying that kind of stuff again this is like an adult man and he's a teenager and the guy is just kind of like rich kids like the whole time just walking around and then Murray okay. walks into uh, there's like a living room area or like a, a entryway like a foyer I guess um, where they're all sitting around and um, he says, like, uh, this is the chamber of choice where you have to make the decision. Between oh, yes. This is, we should point out, this is two minutes later once they've actually set the, the house up. Yeah, I mean, the house is just, like, a, a big, giant house. They're not really too specific about what everything's going to be because things kind of go to shit immediately. But there is an area where you're going to have to decide between uh, one of the pretty girls, which is, like, the, the, the D or Cher, or I think. It's, yeah, D and Cher. Meanwhile, Ember's complaining about her LaToya Jackson wig. Yeah. Which I, I approved of. What was she? She wasn't dressed as LaToya Jackson, though, right? She no, was it was just the much. wig she was she was not a fan of. Yeah. And it was. It was distinctly, like, basically she went to a Halloween store and tried to get a LaToya Jackson wig, I'm imagining. And so she's, they're, they're sitting there in the, um, like, foyer talking about stuff, and he's saying they're going to have to make the decision between, like, the people in the haunted house uh, are going to make the decision between saving one of the girls or being with them or something or saving some girl at a guillotine. And then mm-hmm. when they go to help the girl at the guillotine, they'll lift her up, and then something will trigger, and the guillotine will chop her head off. Uh, it's kind of convoluted, but basically he's just trying to, like, explain how the house is going to work. And, uh, I do like when they walk in the screen, and oh, I think it's Amber, no, maybe it's Dion. There she's like, oh, yippee, it's the Baldwin brothers, which is great, because, 
like, I mean, the Baldwin brothers alone being, you know, the reference to the actors, they're both bald. So, like, that's great. Uh, but so the SFI, SFX guy. Oh, oh, yeah, that's one of your, guy. like, Mora puns, basically. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but so they, they, uh, <laughs> but she also says it in that, like, oh, yippee, it's the Baldwin brothers. <laughs> like that. I like that. And then the SFX guy, I, something about that scene, I wasn't really following that as well, but, like, I guess he's just more... Well, I was more following Danny Strong and his discussion about his mucus membrane. Yeah, and then something triggers the SFX guy, and he's like, I quit, I'm done with this shit, and then walks off, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, yes, because uh, Murray's going on about the, the death spasm. Well, no, he's going about twitching, and then Jason's like, death spasm, and he's just, he's tired of it. Yeah, and he's like, I'll show you a death spasm if you'd like, and then he's like, ha, huh, no, and he walks off. And then and this again, scene also, uh, Murray, like, he's really excited about this whole, like, decapitation thing. And he just, like, he yells, lights out for Linda. Like, poor Linda. Yeah. And this then, poor mannequin Linda. And then um, Danny Strong, we mentioned, is, like, he's, I don't know how you dis- he's basically Danny Strong and Buffy in this. <laughs> um, he's Jonathan, who's obsessed with Cher. Yeah, he's, like, a, has a big crush on Cher. I guess you kind of, he's kind of taken over the Breckenmeyer kind of vibe-ish. No, it's, it's different. It's I different. Know, but it's, he's just, like, a really generic, just, like, hanger-on. And he's, like, the, he's playing one of the characters that's chained up in the dungeon-style area or whatever. And he's, like, you know, it's kind of like if someone was, um, I think they call it, like, drawn but when they were quartered before they're quartered. I don't know. It's basically, like, he's got two handcuffs up above his head and they're going to probably torture him, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and and... he wanders off to try and help with the, after the SFX, SFX guy leaves. He's, like, Oh, yes, because out. Murray asked him if, like, if you can, uh get the mannequin twitching. Yeah. And so she says, I got my one at home too. And what the fuck? I didn't notice that. That's horrible. Yes. The <laughs> sheer mannequin at home twitches. I was still just in there like this guy's you one missed too that? Many. Like it's so weird. It's so weird <clears throat> to see him just like uh, he's so young too. Like we should, this is right yeah. at the beginning of his career. We his should also even men- higher if it's yeah. possible. <laughs> we should also mention at this point Amber and uh the coach the played coach. by Julie Brown, they have left to go to the lingerie store. <laughs> I don't, I never followed that. I don't need to follow it. I was appreciative yes. that they give us, like, an explanation of why they were leaving, but it there, made There was no an explanation. Sense. And it's crazy. It's, but it's better later when they reference it, and it's like, wait, what? It was bizarre. <laughs> and so, thank It was so dumb. Which, so, in this episode, Julie Brown is barely even playing the coach character. She's just being Julie Brown. I mean, do you really need her to be there? That's what I liked about I, it. I kind of love it, though. It's so good. So they, they leave, um, and they're left with just, like, the bunch. It's all just the gang mm-hmm. hanging out. And then... Um, something, Sean some, I guess the lights tired go of, out yeah. or something or something they hear like a noise some, yeah something goes wrong and, and they, they go Murray makes the, Sean do it they find that um, is, what was his is it John, it's not Jonathan but like what is his name in the show he uh, damn it I didn't even write it because I was just like it's Danny Strong Marshall, Marshall. yeah Marshall so Marshall gets stabbed and he's stabbed in the back and there's a, a uh, what do you call it a piece of paper like um, I don't what would that be like Allah I guess it's like a homage to something but I'm not super familiar with the I guess it's like Zodiac. I, I just wrote, and then there was Sean style. That's my my yeah. go to. Yeah, and so they they it's like a note that says houses for a vision. Uh, colon, kill, kill, kill all the rich kill kids. all the rich kids. <laughs> and then but of course the so famous Jason true, who did it. Yeah, and a true like we mentioned, this show is utterly like uh, lampshading the entire fact that it's a TV show. They literally like cut to share who does <laughs> yes. the breakdown. This is like something you'd Looking see. Looking directly into the camera. It's so good. What what was this? This is such a distinctive like <laughs> Sabrina. It, not even that though. Like it was like 
what was it reminding me of? Like, I'm trying to think of what it really kind of really reminds me of. Like, almost like an Are You Afraid of the Dark style thing or something, where it's like, just like right to the camera, like, you make the decision. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's bizarre. Yeah, she, she just like lists everyone on the show. So she turns she turns to the camera and she describes who all the suspects are. And I'm surprised like, she didn't say, oh, hi, I didn't see you there. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's that close to that. I don't know what it reminds me of, but it really does come across like, if you're following along at home... Who do you think's mm-hmm. the killer? Like, there were other shows that did this. I can't really remember. It's very TGIF, even though this yeah. was on UPN at the time. But and so, so she, she's, like, again, all the little, like, head talking heads come up, like, Brady Bunch style almost. And, and all the talking heads, like, react to what she's saying, it's like, great. physically. It's fantastic. Like, that decision, uh, it wasn't just cheesy, like, looking at camera. It was, like, let's let's add some comedy of them, like, reacting to her saying, he ha- he hates everybody. Well, yeah, like, she's, she's like, like, Amber, me? she's a well-documented psycho. And she doesn't actually react where everyone else is, like... Agreeing, or when uh, she suspects it's possibly Dion, Murray's like, Yeah, it's her. Yeah, and then so Dion is the only one that isn't one of those. She walks into frame and she's like, Or it could be you. And then they're like, Oh, yeah. Da, da, da. And then everyone's like, oh. And then they cut to like scenes from next time. And then we immediately cut, well, cut to next Well, we, we cut to this amazing voiceover. This amazing Richard Price as voiceover. It sounded like the guy who played Sean, but maybe it wasn't him. It was someone, someone like doing like a Vincent Price esque kind of like, and next time on, yes, Clueless. like it's very... it was like next week's shocking conclusion. Yeah, it was just great. And so they all, they're all like, um... I can't believe this wasn't like in one night. Also, I, they stretched this out to two weeks. Which Bless is crazy, them. Crazy, but mm. and so everyone is a suspect, and then the next episode begins. Which is, uh, they've they've called the detective to come and help. Which I immediately <laughs> was like, damn, they're treating this like a straight-up murder. I was like, this is a lot darker than I thought it would be. And then we we have uh, Marshall's body being taken, which is, like, he's laying on the gurney face first so that the knife is sticking up, and then they put the white sheet yeah. over it. If we weren't, so if we, good. If we weren't clear enough before, someone stabbed that note into Marshall's back, so it's like, basically, he's got a stabbed back. And it's really, like, the whole, the whole... <laughs> The thing is, the second episode, once the cops, it's a detective. The second episode goes, like, it goes insane. <laughs> like, immediately. Like, it's as if someone was like, remember we're shooting an episode? And they're like, oh yeah, here's a handheld, let's finish. Like, it was like, no one really truly, like, it's still great, but it's truly, like, so casual, it's almost insane. Like, it comes across, like, like episodes of Boy, what was it, Boy Meets World? Or, I was gonna say... Oh, growing no. What was it? It was uh. I want to say compare it more like to like Children's Hospital and it's like it, it, where it just gives up on even pretending there's a show happening. It's like oh yeah, we we have to let's just re- acknowledge was, that we know what's going on. I think it was Boomy's World or no, it couldn't be. Which one? What? The, well, what sorry. are you trying to? Yeah, I'm saying so. The one there was one show where someone flew to LA and met the person. Oh yes, uh, where Eric goes and Eric, goes to where he gets acquainted with Universe. Yeah, oh that's what Or I no, was. Kid gets acquainted with Universe and yeah, he he So it is Snyder and me and Wounded Birds. I quote this all that. the time. It's close to that where it's like true like a minute away from them just saying like rap and then you see the camera guy come out and frame like it's that or close. it's like rachel uh i mean share yeah. it's like it's that close it's great so 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 basically to say that once the detective shows up who's like again a colombo style detective no one really dresses like that as a detective anymore I, yes the, 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 it, this is when it's also feeling really like clue yeah so he's wearing like the full like um uh rain trench coat like the tan um walks in with a full like yeah. like long revolver crazy style gun 
and like he's walking around trying to figure stuff out. There's some plainclothes officers just like wandering around, mm-hmm. and like no one's controlled the scene. I mean, like that's where I was like, my brain was like, this scene is this is not how this would happen if a person was yes. murdered in the house. Everyone's this just very wandering casual. around. Like, where's where's Murray? I don't know. He's in the killing and room. Like, what are you talking about? They'd all be right in the middle. I'll be out front on the curb waiting for people to look at this scene. Also, yeah, and Dion is doubling down everything here. She's immediately obsessed with with Murray being the murderer. Yeah, she's not even like a prankster. The murderer. And the cop asks, "Where's Murray?" And she's like, "In the killing closet." Of course. And then they're, they're like, oh no, he wouldn't be the person who is. And then Dee's basically like, yeah, he would. It's him. <laughs> to arrest him. <laughs> she, she is so ready to keep dropping I mean, I know they, they broke up, but it's like, Jesus, Dee, he's going to go to jail. Like, just You thought he was a prankster, but now you're like, he's a murderer. Get rid of him. I mean, that's a strong stance to take. Like, they definitely bicker, but like, that's crazy. She is cold-blooded. Like, I want my ex-boyfriend and I love to go it. to jail for not dating me anymore. That's I mean, kind of his the family point. lives well <laughs> Above their means. They deserve it. They're poor. That's crazy. And um, so, yeah. And then there's also the address, like, the address, did Jason do it? And oh, she, my God. She, she says, shuts this, this is... shit down. I, I quote, like, do you have the quote? Yeah, you got it. You got it. I, I love okay. it. I wouldn't worry about Jason. Big, scary, outside character. Too obvious. Everyone would suspect him. It's like the greatest. And then, like, just, like, shrugs it off. Like, and there's, As... a, we'll get to the scene later on with the cop. They have a great scene with the cop where it's like, they are just, like, I don't give a shit. Like, you have to care about, like, comedy to like this episode or you're going to have nothing to watch. Like, there's also, nothing... And I don't know, it's great. They ask where Coach and Amber are, and it's like, oh yeah, they went to the laundry store, and the cop's like, wait, what? a teacher and student went to the laundry <laughs> store together? It's like, no, it's not what you think. And then she's a woman, and it's like, first of all, like, there are still lesbians in the yes, 90s, guys, I like, promise you. But this is specifically Cher. She just doesn't understand gay people. I guess, it's crazy. <laughs> she's like, bless her heart. And also... <sighs> And like so, so Dion is like walk her, like try to walk her through it. She's like, you know, all these strong, admirable women: Janet Reno, Coach Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah, because that's when uh, she was like, yeah, they're strong, admirable women. Okay. Also, I noticed this. I, I check it, check it out. This is 1988. Rosie O'Donnell didn't come out of the closet publicly in two, 2002. Like that's crazy. They just basically like <sighs> this show was like, we know what's up. We're calling it out. Oh my god. Oh, it's just, it's, mm, this show's crazy. And no, the thing is that, for the most part, in 1980, I feel like most people wouldn't, like, get the connection besides, like, oh, you're just, she's saying she seems like a lesbian. It's like, no, she is a lesbian. I mean, I get what they're, they're trying for, where it's, like, wink to the camera, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's a strong, that's a strong joke to make without knowing what you're doing, and they did. Like, you wouldn't bring her into this if you weren't, I don't know. It was very suspicious to me to be like, here, let's throw that out there and not be, like... Well, it, it was not suspicious to share, because, you know, just a strong, admirable woman. Yeah. Oh, my God. But so, so they... Oh, um, and also Dion has to make a penis joke. Always. Um, so... Once the detective busts out his huge gun. It's like... That gun was, and then she says he's overcompensating or something. That gun was so laughably ridiculously large. It was crazy. It was, it, yeah, it was very long. And then there's a, another, like, again, I mentioned the industry jokes. After, okay, so then the coach is thrown from the, from the, um, uh, they see the coach, like, uh, she has, like, duct tape over her mouth and, like, bound. 
on like a, a balcony inside the house, like like upstairs on a balcony kind of thing. Like yeah, inside. and it's like the, the letter says she wasn't rich, she wasn't a kid, she was just fun to kill. Which is creepy. To which Dion replies, "Oh my god, they're they're targeting the semi regulars." Yes, like, the killer. Is... It's like wait, it's not Murray, it's not any of us. The killer is obviously targeting semi regulars. And, and then like that really makes you have to like I, I imagine watching this. I did watch this as a teenager. I must have got the joke. But, like, that's a strong joke for you to understand what she's talking about, which is, like, the people that and, are not regular, like, main characters on the show. Like, that's And crazy. then they fake out that that might not be right when Amber shows up with a bullet wound in her head. But then the cop's like, she still has a pulse. Let me try and <laughs> give her CPR. And so she, she has a bullet she's wound a in her head. It, it was a... <laughs> she still has a pulse. So stupid. Also, like... What the fuck? It's like, uh, I'm going to quote, like, a uh, reference Children's Hospital again, like, in their British Hospital episode, where it's like, he's going into death. Like, what? <laughs> going into death. And she she's collapses, and he tries to give her CPR, but she's like, in your dreams, buddy. Which is like, look, you were just hitting on this sound guy, the uh, technical guy. It's not that much of a stretch to imagine you'd be into a cop who's, like, double your age. And then, um, the, the cop is like, oh, what? She's alive? And then there's like, ah. which Dion says, she's your man, shoot now, ask questions later. <laughs> Dion so has snapped. She's great, yes. though. Oh, God. Oh, she yeah. just does not care about anyone. No, it's fantastic. And then, the co- this, another weird, like, like, again, aside, where Amber's like, uh, they hear another, they hear, um, a shot for something, or like a, what was they hear? They hear like a, a thud or something, and they're like, who's there? They're like, yeah, what could be? Murray. <laughs> Uh, Sean, Moesha? Like, what? She's like, it could be a crossover episode, which is like, again, crazy specific self-referential. And they have had, like, Sabrina crossover that's not even that subtle. They could definitely have, and it's UPN now, so like, that's the wink, I guess, is that it's like, haha, mm-hmm. we moved to UPN. And then, like, the cop, like, hears the creak or something. They open up one of the closets, and there's a, it's Murray holding a knife, and the cop, like, shoots him. Oh, God, this, this is where the episode like, gets really real, this I, whole segment. No, Jesus like, Christ. Shit, a cop just shot an unarmed black dude in a closet. Like, that's, cr- he had a knife, but, like, he's just kind of leering. <laughs> Still, it was a knife versus a gun. Yeah, and he had no reason to shoot, like, it was not what the cop should have done at all. <laughs> he should absolutely <laughs> have said, son, drop the knife or something, not just shot him point blank. And they're all, they all scream, and then Murray walks into the room, and he's like, what's going on? Hand, and the... He has to put his hands up, because the guy still has his gun drawn, and he says, I live in the neighborhood, I've got my ID and my video camera. It's like, damn. Whoa, that was insane. Like, I, and also, like, video camera, like, very, very, because this is before cell phones had video cameras, so that is very, very, like, before it's time, realizing, like, mm-hmm. I've got a camera on me, cop, leave me alone. And so, <laughs> the cop turns to try and, sh- like, shoot Murray, and they're like, no, it's not Murray. Although, I feel like Dion was still, like, it could be him, right? Like, I feel like she still was like, I don't know, like, like talk to him first. She just is kind of over there, like, fuck Murray, don't really care. The cop's now really confused, because Murray's mad at the cop, because he murdered the doll, which is to be, like, a, a wind-up doll that killed someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was lifelike. They should not have assumed Very it was a doll. Which, it, we should say, it's life-life in the sense that it was Donald Faison playing a doll. Yeah, it was clearly. It was, <laughs> and then yeah. immediately they cut to the doll, and it's not as good a high-quality doll anymore. All of a sudden. Yeah, it's just like a shitty doll. And then um, the cop decides, he's like, I get, he's like, my cell phone's not working, I gotta tell someone what oh. the fuck's going on here. 
I should so, also point out that Amber says this is this is all because they're they're Beverly Hills adjacent. That's why all of this is happening. Yeah, so she's like nuts. And so the cops like I gotta go use my radio. And then Dion again. This is one Dion of is just bits. serving it up. She she's like oh no no no. She's like those are not the these are the horror movie rules. If she's like this this is like the worst thing you could possibly do. If you're a cop, you don't go investigate strange noises. You don't go back to the station after assuring us everything's fine. And you don't go use your car radio to tell someone something's wrong. And then he's like, this isn't a movie. I'll be right back. Everyone they're all goes, like, Ugh. <laughs> which is great. And it's like, that's the kind of thing on some shows they would do and they wouldn't make. I mean, that's just a good funny joke for everyone to freak out over him saying, I'll be right back. I also want to address, and it's, it's not just because it's on UPN, because it's on ABC before. I appreciate that half the leads are black on the show, and they're also they're the ones taking control in this episode. Yeah, and we'll get to the later scenes where it's fully, it, like, sh- truly just the black actors are left. Which yeah. Which doesn't really spoil anything, but. So, yeah. um, so, and then there's another, this is, I mean, this is, again, I hate to be like, Stacey Dash, great job at acting, but, like, really a truly brilliant comedic performance in a second, because she immediately turns from saying, he says the cop says this is a movie this isn't a movie i'll be right back he walks out of the room and then she turns back to the group and she's like okay chances are in less than a minute he's dead what's next like she immediately <laughs> assumes he's dead and i'm like that is just great writing like at that and great delivery and everything about it i'm like this is a good show everyone should watch it <laughs> that's what <laughs> so like, watching great. clue with the tv series everyone should, should watch this show it's great and then murray real, yeah. starts start talking about like horror movie precedent which is funny everyone sits down everyone i love really how like frustrated like they all are to sit down because like we should probably be moving but like we have to sit through this yeah like murray's talking about horror let's all take a seat so, and, like this could be a while yeah and i think you you didn't you made it really like i think like telling reference to Scream 3 being very, like, similar to this, this scene in particular does feel incredibly Scream 3, where, like, the point of Scream 3 being so industry-heavy is that they were able to, like, lampshade so much of the movie. Like, that movie is very, very, very flawed, but I still fucking love the shit out of it because it's funny as hell in parts, and that's, like, what I want in a movie. If it's at least funny in parts, I'll enjoy it. So it has the great scenes with amazing legend that is, to be honest, probably the best part of the movie. I, I mean, uh, that's just me say, like thinking that. But um, Parker Posey. Uh, so she, she's oh, yes, everyone playing, agrees. I mean, yes. who wouldn't agree with that? I guess. But so she's Jennifer playing, Jolie, yeah. which is pre Brad Pitt, Jennifer Anderson, and pre Brad Pitt, uh, <laughs> uh, Angelina Jolie. So it's actually <laughs> so, magic. And so she's playing like the. Uh, if you have somehow not seen Scream Three, I really don't know what you're living um but like, i mean you should watch the other scream movies too don't yeah. just watch scream 3 because you're you're definitely not gonna want to yeah oh there are weird people who like it more like mm, than others and then that's wrong that's wrong but I, I like her scenes more than some others but um yes. so she she plays like the um uh uh courtney cox role which it's very similar <laughs> like in this scene where they're basically in the middle of a horror movie with all of the serious stakes of a horror movie because at this point this is like you know face to camera in the coolest episode people are dying like they're like they're not actually pretending like this is all a big joke so it's kind of serious and they all kind of sit down and they're like joking around because like in the beginning of scream 3 there's like a whole like everyone meets everyone scene where all the actors that play the, the characters are all hanging out and it's like the kind of like teetering on the brink of like this is inappropriate to all be sitting around having a conversation about the fact that like people are dying around us right but like it's what else are you gonna do they're like they're <laughs> actors on the set and that's what this is kind of like 
almost like not or it's like referencing because it hasn't happened yet, but like yeah, really, which is it just is so terrifying. similar in the sense that they all sit down and then have a conversation in the middle of like a horror movie, basically, which is a, a, it's great, it's funny to have like some seriousness in a horror movie. It's like kind of like straight to camera. So they and all then they decide the to run again. Of, finally, yeah, they discuss the rules of like horror movie precedent. Um, and then Murray, I don't, I, there's some logic there where he thinks they're going to get flanked from the back. So he says, Sean, you should go out back and watch, make sure no one comes. So then, um, they're like all freaked out. They're like, well, the, they, they hear a knock at the door and they're like, okay, let's go to the front door. They, the cops, the cops, like it's officer or whatever. And he's like, I'm back. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how do we know it's you? Which is, I mean, okay. I mean, I get it. Cause it's a horror movie joke, but like. That's a little crazy for them to assume it's not really the cop. Remember, we watched the two guys and the girl uh, Halloween episodes, right, too. So, so you know, it, could, it could be Psycho Berg. Yeah, so they're like, can I see your badge? And he's like, he puts it in with his hand. And he's like, to bite it. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that? Like, I guess it's a fake badge. To make sure it's real and not like chocolate? I don't know. What? <laughs> well, I guess the metal, like to make sure it's put, I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> that was he a could weird... just like stolen a metal badge. Yeah. And it's very creepy because they see the badge. They're like, okay, I guess it's him. Even though they kind of have questions like, well, I don't want to bite it. They just start opening the door for him. And you just saw someone, like just to make it more specific, someone like reached in with the badge with their hands and here's the badge. They open the door, the cops hanging upside down, swinging. So immediately you're like, who the fuck just showed that badge? And there's a great cut in this scene. If you do watch this episode, I do leave, I do recommend you watch. Cause the body's like swinging back and forth from like, I guess like a lantern or something. Um, and the body swings once, twice, and like on the third swing, the, the killer like steps behind the body. Like it was basically like a hanging like a pendulum, and he walks out from behind it. So creepy. Everyone freaks the fuck out because it's like straight up just like murder. Because until this point, you hadn't seen the murderer. This is the first time you see the murderer and like realize it's, it's not a great m- mask. What is, is a it's a Buddha mask? I think <laughs> it's kind of appropriate, honestly, given what the is show, it? But... It is a weird. It's like a white Buddha mask. It's a little. I odd. think it might be. I don't know what they were trying for with that, but it, it is basically the ghost face killer like ripoff in that sense, where it's like got the like um. Is it like a cape? I don't know how you describe that. Like the, you know, it has the black thing as, as in Scream. It's red though. Um, yeah. And it has a, it still has a mask on. And then it it's, has it's a red poncho, which is important yeah. for yeah. And it has the straight up like uh, Scream knife, which is like a very iconic, like has that serrated edge, very creepy looking, and creepy, just creepy, just like oh my god, it's a killer. Because until this point, like it might have been like one of the friends, or it might have been. Like, some misunderstanding. Ah, who knows? But now you're like, there's a killer on the loose. It's attacking people. This cop is dead. It becomes very serious very quickly. And they're all freaking out. And it's right at a scream, which I love. Um, they shut the door on him somehow. Which, again, is, like, you know, horror movie rules. Like, they latch the door shut. And they have, like, that scene right out of scream where the hand's flailing through the door uh, opening and trying to grab the knife. So creepy. Like, that is just scary. Like, that's a scary scene in a movie. Like, I cannot believe they're showing that on a TV show for TV. I don't know. It's funny. But so the they're like, oh, no, where is everyone? And they're like, it could be Sean. Like, Sean's not here. They're like, Sean, is that you? And then they, they go to the kitchen. Which Amber doesn't recognize. She's never been in the kitchen. <laughs> Which is... On very, very, like, multiple levels, like, kind of a crazy, like, commentary on her entire life, I guess. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's a joke about, like, not eating, but also a joke I about, I think it's like, all of the above. Hired help and, like, everything about it is bizarre. And so she says, like, uh, like, is that Sean out there? And they all look outside and they see Sean on, 
looks like he's sitting on a he's bench. sitting, yeah. And they're like, can you turn the lights on? They turn the lights on, and you see it's, like, Sean with, like, a, a, like a wire on his arm hung to a tree that's, I guess, blowing in the wind or something. And it's, like, Yeah, it was like dead. he was waving until they turned on the lights. And yeah. he's, like, hunched, not hunched over, but, like, clearly, like, vacant expression looks dead. Sean is dead and yeah. jacked as fuck. Yeah, and they're like, oh, <laughs> shit. And they're all screaming, like, and then Murray wants to go save him. And they're like, no, Murray, yeah. it's too dangerous. And then the cheerleader And then enter shows up. Patty the cheerleader with she's brewskis. Great. And then she shows yeah. up. I love how she walks in the room and they're all like staring at her like, bitch, do you know what's going on right now? And she's, because she walks in all like, hey guys, what's up? Which is like, she says brewskis. Yeah. What, this is not a, a time to be and, that chipper and like chill. And and Dion tells like, them all to stand back because she's got a poncho, which honestly can be taken both ways, either yeah. the killer or just the fact that she has oh, a poncho. Point. And yeah, and then, no, thank you. The, like I do, like uh, I think it's I think it's Cher that says to her, or maybe it's maybe it's Amber. It was like, listen, D, you need to calm yes, down. Yeah. You're doing a fabulous Pam Greer, but you need to hold on a second, which is great because <laughs> she is like basically D is taking charge of the whole like find the killer situation, even though it's like Murray's the one that was like. Like, immediately, like, kind of targeted in both scenes. Like, D is the one in charge of, like, figuring out what the fuck's going on. So she's kind of like, guys, we're going in here, mm-hmm. guys, we're doing this. And then she's like, who are you? Are you the killer? And, uh, and Amber says like, uh... that, well, Amber says that Guy has to be the killer, which Murray gets offended by, but then it's like, oh, because the impression of the, the police oh, officer, the but then... So, yeah, before, when, when we said the cop was at the door, someone, if it wasn't the cop himself said it's officer so-and-so and then he was already strung up and dead so someone did an impression of the cop's voice so they think it's a guy but then Marissa well that just says, made me think they have the scream three voice changer sorry right. for spoilers i know i mean that, this... that was the first movie too though they had this they had the voice changer so it's like you know, no they're well, not like the, the voice changer where you could use other people's voices i mean yeah not just the, the not magical just voice changer voice. that even has his mom's voice how, how, I hate Scream 3. That made no sense. Like, I love it, but that made, that whole scene, it would have been so much better if it was, like, literally anyone but him. Oh, fucking Roman. Uh, but so, so, so anyway, many spoilies. I don't, uh, if I'm but yeah. for you, it's worth it. Um, but then she does her werewolf voice, so, yeah. which is very deep, so it's it could like, be her. And so the cheerleader has this creepy, I don't know what, she just kind of get, gets freaked out by everyone, like, kind of, like, in her space, and she's like, don't make me cut you, and she, like, grabs the knife. <laughs> and, like, it's a really creepy grabs knife. And, like, this is where that other, like, I guess, industry-style joke where Amber screams out, this is what happens when you're raised south of Wilshire, which is very, very, like, specific to very LA. specific, and I, you know what, I agree with her. <laughs> And so, which is, but it's like, again, like, if you watch a horror movie, which everyone has probably seen at least one or two, like, there's always those scenes right before a big, great action happens where they do usually have, like, a one-liner, where it's like, this is what happens when, blah, blah, Like, for those to be jokes that strong is just crazy, because usually it's just like, like, what's wrong with you? And then, like, da, 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 and then they have, like, the scary, like, 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 string music kind of thing, and it's just, it's, it's a very interesting choice to make it so directly, like good and funny like yeah. they could have and easily it, hung up on like just making mm-hmm. it goofy and stupid but they didn't they wanted it as to lazy as possible as like before we even watched the episode I'll, i could think oh is this gonna be like the gross point episode where they have to like do a halloween uh thing just because buffy was a success and it was like not gonna even try but they they try it very hard and they do very well and, and so, like you were saying action scene the killer immediately jumps through the window and 
Which Trying is, to kill that's everyone. Another, another, like, okay, we mentioned, I, I, we, we've been mentioning this is obviously a, an homage to Scream in many ways. Murray, I know what you did last summer, I would say. Yeah. Right here. But, and then it's specific to those two movies and movies very similar to it, like slasher movies from the mid 90s, which is very specific, but it's. it's which is why the discussion about all the blood, too. It's very like, important because it's they're basically saying the difference between what new and old horror fans like. Um, but, yeah. like, there's a very distinctive, like, the, the direction in this, both episodes, is very stellar. Like I mentioned before, the scene, a specific scene cut that was just, like, a scream, almost like they took a scene, uh, they cut a scene out of Scream and threw it in this. This is also similar, where they have, there's a there's a style of, like, direction in both Scream and, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, where they would do a certain thing in one area of the frame, and then the, the shock would come from a left area. Like, it would come from a, a place you weren't looking. So everyone's energy is focused on them all. Like the girl, the the cheerleaders got the knife out. They're feeling threatened. They're all like antagonizing each other, and like it it cuts back to like the full kitchen, and you see the side window, and then suddenly something comes flying in, and like that's that's horror. Like horror is like trying to get you to pay attention to one area, like a scene in Insidious where you're so focused on the father, so focused on the father, and then cut to some dude fucking right behind him, like, demon style. <laughs> like, that's what makes people fucking scared. Jump scares are a part of, of horror that, you know, don't, they're better when used sparingly, in my opinion, but, like, this is good. Like, Lisa Easton, go watch this episode. It reminds me of you. And then uh, watch every episode because the show is great. It's great. Uh, yeah, so, so Cher, this is another Cher. scene on top God, Cher of is this. so good in this fucking scene. great, great episode of TV. She's holding, out of nowhere, holding a cast iron pan from the kitchen. (laughs) Like, I didn't even see her pick that up, but she has it. And it's like, she bangs the killer's head. (laughs) Like, it's a fucking, like, whack-a-mole at a a, a, a theme park. It is crazy how she's just just like, boom. And the thing goes down like a sack of potatoes. And Murray's like, holy shit, basically. Like, Cher, you just murdered this thing. Everyone freaks out because she was like, "What well, was I supposed to let him like live?" And they're like, "No, yeah. good job." But it was shocking. And then, but then they notice the, the glass sh- shard from the window so right good. inside of Patty's chest. Yeah, the classic horror right there. And then it was like, "Oh no!" And she collapses. And, and she was complaining earlier about having blood all over her uh, uniform. That's so. why she didn't want to be the cheerleader. She wanted to be the the werewolf because she didn't want to get her uniform as a cheerleader dirty. And of course, she's like, and she's like, oh, this will never come out, and she's dead because there's a shard of glass in her, and she collapses. And then the killer gets up again, and Cher frying pan like him again. I'm going and to try. At this point, Cher is so inconvenienced. Even when they start running, she's like, oh, we have to do this now. Yeah. Like, that's the face she makes. She's so inconvenienced by there, all of this. This whole this scene right here, the second hit with a frying pan. I hopefully can make a gif of it, or I'll try and clip out the, just the scene and like just play it like as a little video. And then just that and it. the transition to them starting to run. Yeah, because her her reaction is so good. But her reaction when the thing. Okay, so I'll try and describe this for those that don't watch the episode, which even though you should, she she frying pans the killer once, it goes down. Then after the the cheerleader collapses in that same interim again, like they get your attention on the cheerleader, boom, the the killer's back up, which is again classic like scream and horror where the the killer is invincible. Hops back up. She, again, hits it like it's a whack-a-mole. No big deal. And then, like, she she does this physicality that's like a Rachel Blanchard kind of thing where she purposely kind of just... She puts, like, the cheerleader pose on where it's, like, one foot kind of pointed up and <laughs> shrugs with her body, like, her chest for, like, oh this again. And it's just, like, she's just slammed someone in the head with a cast iron pan. Like, it's <laughs> crazy. 
I can't really fully describe it, but to see someone so casually hit someone again with a cast iron pan and then run, like, you know, and then, yeah, for she, her life, she, like, it's great. She, has to psych herself up to run again. They all start Ugh, running, and, like, again. she's just like, we're, we're doing this again, basically. It's great. And then it she finally, she, she finally runs. Comedy. That is, like, tip-top physical comedy. One of the best I've seen in a long time. And this is why, why I say she's, like, a more versatile actress than Alicia Silverstone. No, I cannot true. imagine the same, I, I can't imagine the same thing. No, and I, I, that's very true, because I love, I love Cher in the movie, but I think she's meant to be a different type of Cher, because mm-hmm. in the movie, you would hear, see her do that, and she'd be like, what? This is, like, a casual, like, you have she would, to She watch. would be freaking out yeah. movie share right now. It's great. It's fantastic. So she does the, the bonk. They run. Which, again, at that point, you should just keep bonking until the thing's dead. But <laughs> See, if, yeah, if Dion had the pan, she would keep bonking. Yeah, like, you're fucking supposed to. Like, come on. They could all just start stepping on the body. Like, come <laughs> on. Teamwork makes the dream work, guys. But so they they go running in in fear, and this is a classic horror movie mistake. You gotta make sure the thing. Stupid dead. Amber. Yeah, they all go running. Amber thinks they're running in the wrong direction, which is again another classic. She goes running into like a closet or something, and then um, it's like a like because this was all a horror like haunted house beforehand set up by Murray. It's one of those like spooky closets where she opens the door and like something jumps out, but it was a it was a pre made like um. Uh, prop and so she's like oh no and then she like it slows her down enough then she has to run back to where they are and the killer grabs her and like jumps on her and she's like this scene is so stupid but this is like more what i pictured the whole show to be like which i could still have lived with but like it was really cheesy and, and adorable and funny so um the killer is like tackled um amber and she's like Stay off my patent leather. They're like they're Manolo Blahniks or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, she's like, actually no, they look great with your outfit. You can take them. Just leave me alone. <laughs> like it's so stupid, but I love it. Like it's all you want. And so they all they manage to get into um like a side room. It's like a, like a little study with no windows. Yes. Uh, the no, that, no, like, really sorry. Got... No, first they're in the first they're in the hallway and they oh, go to so a window hallway. and then. Uh, yeah, and that's when the killer also gets Cher. Yeah, and Cher Murray gets... tries his best to pull her back, but he fails. That scene was also—it really did kind of mess with your head because I think they're on the second floor, and somehow that they're able to—I guess maybe not. But they go up the stairs. They go upstairs, yeah. So although, somehow the killer is able to. Although traverse. remember uh, when you're at the entrance, you go like downstairs to like, get into the rest of the house. Like, yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, it was still, and you could see a tree, but it might have been. Because technically, going upstairs is like ground floor. Yeah, and regardless, though, the killer is able to get from the staircase outside to the window within like mm-hmm. minutes. But who cares? And so they grabbed Cher through the window, and then she it looks very dangerous. It grabs her like hand through the window, grabs her out. She it's like creepy, like Shaun of the Dead style gets murdered, I guess, and she's gone. And they both freak out. And honestly, I hadn't watched this episode in a while. I was a little shocked because Cher is. On, she's here. On the lead, and she's gone in the middle of this. Like what? And so it's just Murray and Dee. They go running into a different room, and it's Jason, the the SFX guy, was already killed and like butchered, and he comes. Yep, stumbling he's, out. he's so, already like, dead. It's not, so. He's not the killer that eliminates someone. And um, then you're left with Justy and Murray. Oh yeah, this is where they're in the study, and then again, from from this point on, I have Scream Three vibes, especially. Yeah, we'll, we'll yes, very much. Because you're again, it's like a big, huge mansion. You don't know what rooms we're gonna wear. And you're, like, fenced off in this one room in this, like, creepy, kind of, like, outside of your ability to get out, but also away from the killer for now. Like, it's very much like you're penning yourself off to either your death. It's kind of also like Scream 2 with the recording studio. Like, very much like you're safe in some ways, 
but also you're trapped. So hopefully mm-hmm. you're not dead because this is your last stand, essentially. Because they're, they're basically stuck in a room with only one exit. And so hopefully nothing comes in because they can't get out, basically. So, um, again, two two leads both in this. The only people remaining are Dean, um, uh, Murray, Murray, both black, which, I mean... That's very impressive. Yeah, and I mean, they did, they did, from what I remember, in some, maybe not, I guess in all the Scream movies, most of the black actors do get killed, but... Oh, yeah, definitely, they, yeah, I they get killed. I think in Scream 3, he, like, I think one of the, he, he makes it longer than some people. I mean, that's, well, no, that's the kind of life Scream we're living. Scream 3, where... because Scream 3 is both, like, uh, wait, wait, uh, I'm trying to remember the black person in Scream 3 now. Oh, it's, um... Dion Richmond. Dion Richmond. And he, he gets killed in the movie for sure but he does make it later than some people which is again mm-hmm. pathetic oh yeah because like, he's, he's oh. definitely at roman's house and in, in that in that act in the pool yeah he makes it because he gets upstairs and there's like some element of like surviving some people mm-hmm. and like okay good i mean that's like that's pathetic that's like basically until like some other movies later on that's one of the first times where you have a black actor making the so in this and there's no commentary on it like, because in scream the things... two they they kill off three black people in the first minute. no four four well two yeah two in the beginning yeah and then her roommates and then yeah. uh gail's camera guy fucking what the, why did they kill her her roommate was so good oh god yeah she's great at least neil was her, yeah so good and so uh and so in this they don't make of all the things they lampshade they never lampshade the fact that like i think it's great that they're just like no comment on the back that they're like they're both and they're Dion's the romantic. final girl yeah. like and she that's knows awesome. it though they do mention that she mentions the fact that she's the final girl like, she doesn't use the terminology yeah but, but she definitely well, it, it comes up because well basically M- Murray and Dee make up he, he tells her you're it for me baby and they kiss and everything which is really I, sweet and actually again I, I, I also brought up the fact that like I think not only is it the fact that there's two black actors making it to the end like they're the romantic leads essentially of the show because because Cher is always pretty much single, I think, from what I remember mm-hmm. the show. She has so, like, Paul Rudd sometimes yeah, when so he's it's, sunny in the Sunny and Cher episode. Yeah, and they're not, so basically they're not just, like, token characters. They're literally, like, romantic leads with full plots that have been long discovered and, like, the, like uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, shown on the show in the movie. Like, they're, they're not mm-hmm. just random characters, basically. Which is not to say that, like, they that would be a terrible thing. Like, it's just... It's it's just interesting how even though this is set in the '90s, that is something that is so different seeming, which is again kind of shitty, but nice to see when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. And they're great. And honestly, that scene is great. Like it's actually quite romantic because Murray's like, "It's always been you. No one else even c- came close." And he's dead serious, no jokes, no no funniness. Because that's part of what Clueless is really good about is that there's a lot of comedy in it, but there were large swings of romance in it that did not like you know pretend to be like just joking that they were very mm-hmm. serious like we mentioned the josh character in general is basically like a very serious person from start to finish and <laughs> except for the fact that he was excited it. about marky mark oh planting God. a tree for them no terrible <laughs> so, uh, so then they they're like uh-oh and then well yeah he, he tries to get some out of this <laughs> like, it does take a, a turn we were we, she was like over here lauding it and then it becomes like they're like kissing kissing and of course murray's like they're almost, well, we're gonna, they're gonna die. die. We might as well have sex. Might as well have sex. And uh, she's like, "No, Murray, not now." Which I actually was kind of like, "Oh, well, that's nice." Again, she's gonna she's gonna say like, "Let's save it for now." She's like, "No, we don't want to die because virgins." She reminds them virgins. Oh, yeah, they always live. And then this is where he ruins everything. And I hope yeah. they, I assume they address it in like a future episode because this is a big deal. Yeah, he he like drops the bomb that he's not. He's like, "I'm dead," and you're like, "What?" And he's like, "I'm not a virgin," <laughs> and she's like. 
Murray, what? And she's like, but they're also too scared to really dwell on it because the killer starts banging down the door. And yeah, it was a long, hot summer. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck kind of what a response is that? Like, but, they really need to address, like, that's something they need to address. No, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge twist. Murray right lost his virginity to some, some rando. Yeah, and so they're, like, freaking out. The killer's, like, banging down the door, and then, I mean... I think they pull off the mask, or the killer comes in and they struggle, and the mask They, have, they haven't pulled off the mask yet. Uh, they struggle. Right, but when he comes out, like, so the killer comes and, like, Murray's like, wake up, wake up. He's thinking, now, maybe it's just a dream, and it's not. No. And then he says, like, the, the coward he is, make it quick. <laughs> and then Dion has to fight the killer, yeah. because Murray's legs stop working. What, what was that? that? Okay, I forgot about that part, because it what? made no sense. But like... He's just a wuss. Oh, so it was basically like a panic attack. So his legs yes, stopped working. Yes, he was working. having a panic attack. His legs yeah, there was, No one did anything for his, to his legs. He just, like, froze yeah, his, while Dion fights the killer. His legs, and that's unquote, when she, they find out working. The, and then he has yeah. to pull his, his, his pant legs up to move his legs. <laughs> and that's where we learn the killer is Sean. Dun, dun, dun. They're like, wait a minute. We thought he was dead on the bench outside. Turns out it was not. He was not He should have gone to face. check on him. And then, uh, not only... Murray picks Dion's messing with him then. Now it's all three <laughs> black leads. They're all in a room together. And mm-hmm. he's the killer. Then he uses... He still uses also the, the quote-unquote, like, movie... Slash real life, I guess. Uh, bullshit excuse of... I'm sick of being invisible to girls. He's sick of being the lackey. I'm like, dude, you're hot. Like, when you also, were dead, I, I was like... I was like, I was you like you're, you're jacked, invisible. baby. What are you doing? Like, I don't buy... I don't know. I mean... I don't know his life, but I'm like, I highly doubt that guy has a hard time getting girls. Not when well, Murray gets, like, Dion. Well, like, well now everyone will remember him, especially his middle name, Eugene. Eugene, which is like, what is he this He was so show? proud of that. But also, like, what is this show? That is such a weird joke to make as he's try- trying to kill his friends. And they're all screaming, and they're all like, like you know, uh, and then and he then... attacks Murray again, like he's going to kill him. And then um, Amber, a- Amber and Cher show up to all... shoot the shit out of him. Yeah, they're all bloodied, like, Heather style. Like, they look like they've been in an explosion or something. Yes, Heather's they look like... Winona Ryder at the end. Heather's yeah. so good. And they have guns, and they both, like, sh- out of nowhere, where did they get these guns? Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, pop, pop, they pop, pop, so pop, much. shooting him until he's You dead. would think they were the cop. Right. And then, so, after they, like, they thank them, kind of like, oh my god, Cher... Amber, you're back. And they don't say anything. They're like, almost like zombies, like dead silent. Then they shoot them again because he like comes back to the lunge. He does too. the lunge again. Like, he does and, that, the Billy Lewis. And he's wearing, you know, the poncho. He, he's very Scott Foley in Scream 3. Yes. I mean, it really is just like Scream Sorry, 3. Sorry, I get into the spoilers, people, but like, it, it, you're not gonna, it won't make sense regardless. Listen, <laughs> you should still watch Scream 3, especially up until After the you mansion. watch Scream 1 and Scream 2, and you then could, you should watch Scream 4. You can 4. turn it off after you get to the mansion, you can make your own decisions about what you want to live your life like, but up until that point, worth every well, what, second. What's, after Parker Posey. Parker Posey's murdered, you can just turn it off. Parker Posey gets murdered, I'm sorry, but... I always you know, forget she gets no one talks about Parker Posey like being. Pretend, like, I like to pretend she lives. <laughs> <laughs> like I just don't remember that. It's part. like right before she dies. Cut it off. Like I'm. I'm so is glad it, Jennifer Jolie the... got to hang out with Gail Weathers yeah, all the isn't time. Isn't she in the mirror? Is it the mirror room where she gets killed? Yeah, yeah. that. Scene. I like to pretend that never existed. Like I kind of block that part out. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I basically watched that movie until the the part in the mansion, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Look <laughs> every time. Uh, yeah. So then everyone like again shoots him until he stops moving. And, like, Murray, uh, there's a really 
kind of like interesting part they do where basically they, they realize like oh he was a killer and everyone starts to walk away and then Sean's like bleeding out essentially <laughs> and he's like Murray and he's like what and they're like Murray don't go back to him he just tried to kill you and he's like no it's my friend so he goes over to try and like hug him almost and then he gets strangled for it but it was still like kind of a sweet moment where Murray was like kind of trying you kind of see the, the actual niceness of Murray in certain scenes here mm-hmm. like this and when he tries to go like he wants to check on him outside and risk his life later mm-hmm. early on. So you kind of do see, like, you know, like in, in a, like a horrible way to find yeah, out. Yeah, Murray really cares Sean. about Sean. Exactly. Seriously. Not sure about everybody. He, but you see also. He doesn't just, well, and Dion. Dion, obviously. But yeah, he doesn't just think, although he made Dion fight <laughs> kill her. Like, I mean, working. That's, that's as much like him making her fight as he's just like a wuss, I think. He's not a good not a very strong can't move my legs (laughs) what the fuck was that scene with the legs like it's so weird what a weenie it is it's strange i mean he was like make it quick (laughs) he really tried to get out of it the whole thing (laughs) it's so stupid and so uh then like as he's being strangled sean turns to him and he's like it's all a prank which was like what the fuck what kind of prank is this? That kid is gonna have long-term mental issues because of this prank. Like, I know that he fucked with the girls earlier in a very similar way, but not for like. But an this was night. intense. Like, they didn't watch his friend get gunned down. Like that's. He also crazy. just confessed to Dion he's still in love with her, and that's and a big deal. That he's not a virgin. Like he got actually, yeah. Like like secrets <laughs> out of him during this. It's so fucked up. But um. Then they, like, basically, this is where I mentioned before, where it basically feels like the walls are barely there, and, like, people are basically gonna call cut, because the scene next is basically just, like, cut, good job, crew, thanks again for the for the production, Mel Horowitz. Yeah, they, like, glad, there was no reason for Mel to be out of town the whole time, because, like, Murray didn't know or care that yeah. Mel was not there, but, like, Mel, Mel actually was here, and he bankrolled the whole thing. He has no friends or life outside of this. <laughs> Because he was willing to, like, spend, a, like, a Saturday night, like, to come in and, like, watch. I, I have so many questions about the whole production. Also, Patty is still a werewolf, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But, so, everyone basically comes out of the woodwork, um, and they, like, take their bell for their roles, and everyone's still alive, it was all a joke. Um, which I guess Marie never checked the pulse of anyone, so everyone's just been lying, because otherwise you could definitely tell people were- Remember the one time anyone tried to check a pulse, it was when Amber had a bullet wound in her head. (laughs) True. Oh, God. But so, so Marie's just, like, in shock, so he sits down in the foyer, and they all, like, like, basically, like, cackle at him, like, haha, Murray, we got you, and he's just kind of taking it like a decent sport. He apologizes for all the slasher stuff. But, like, that's, a, again, like, this is a severe overreaction to him being an asshole for a couple hours, like, let's traumatize him for life. <laughs> like, and this is all a lesson fuck? about how real violence has very real consequences. Yeah, Unlike that was, in horror, like, that was whoa. such a moral, like, like, basically, they look right to camera, they're like, it doesn't hurt to remind you that in real life, violence has badass consequences, <laughs> and I was like, and it's, oh. It's badass, as in two words, not as like one word badass. Yeah, it's good, it, it, it like is, bad, like badass. Yeah, she says it like badass consequences, not like badass consequences, because that would be yes. a very different message. And then Murray literally goes, "Yes, message uh, heard and received and understood." Like very, like like almost like you expect like the more you know star to fly over afterwards. Like it's ridiculous. And then there's another, like, extraneous scene at the end that was completely oh, yes. unnecessary. Where well, I mean, like... it shows how, how he doesn't 
Murray has no in-between, apparently, is what we we learned with this scene. I mean, he has no concept of what's appropriate, for sure. That's all I can, I can <laughs> And Rachel say. Blanchard is still an international treasure. Truly. And so they were walking through, like, the... What they end up doing for the Halloween night. I guess maybe this is Friday night. It wasn't Saturday. I don't know. They don't tell you what when Halloween is, per se. But, um, they, um... Yeah, th- this was supposed to be just the dress rehearsal, what they were all at anyway. Yeah, so. so they go walking through the actual night with, like, all the little kids walking through, and they're, like, doing trick-or-treating. Murray's a vampire, and Cher is, like, what, like, a witch or something? I think. Yeah. And then they're just kind of like, ha, kids, like, trick-or-treat. And the one kid comes up and, like, mouths off, like, a little asshole. It makes Barty <laughs> look edgy. Shut the fuck up, kid. It's boring. And I'm like, look... What do you expect? Like, just because you want a scary house, like, most kids don't, or they want some variations, then... Um, and then Rachel Cher, Blanchard... Cher, I'm sorry, Cher. Takes him aside and says, like, watch your mouth or I'm gonna put you in the dungeon and replace your eye holes with worms and stuff. Like, weird and shit. Like, like, hell and yeah. like, hell yeah, basically. It's just like, that sounds great. Like, what the fuck? And then they just kind of, like, joke around, and he's, like, he asks, like, how she should She's almost find a happy are. medium, because he, he can't, like, he cannot comprehend one end of the spectrum, like. Versus the other. There's no in between for him. I mean, no one wants that kind of a haunted house unless you're a teenager. Like, that's who goes to those types of haunted house, not, like, children. <clears throat> the fact that, like, they cut to the scene later, and there are literal, like, eight-year-olds walking through, I'm like, what kind of house were you trying to make, Murray? Because <laughs> if this is what he was supposed to make the whole time, those children would have, like, never <laughs> I, lived. I, I think I think it might have been. And I, That's insane. Remember, he decided to do it at the very last minute anyway. So, like, basically what we're saying is... He had his vision, but not premise, what it should have been. The premise for him was to make a haunted house. We assumed it was for high school and college-age children because of how violent and bloody he wanted it with literal decapitation. But, like, there are, when you cut to the actual day of the of the, the haunted house, it is literally ten-year-olds wandering around. So if that's what he was supposed to be, like, catering to, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that would have horrified those kids forever. But um, they, they kind of, like, joke around. She she gets him to do, like, his creepy vampire voice, like, I want to suck your blood. And then... And I'm like, are Murray and Cher going to be a thing? Because look at this chemistry. Yeah, they were, like, BFFs. Dion would murder them. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> She really would. <laughs> but then that was it. I mean, like, it ends in a, in a little bit more, like, simple a way. Like, kind of what I pictured the show to be like when I remember it. Because it's kind of like they don't really know how to wrap it up. Because it was so insane. But, like, <laughs> truly, like, a delight. Like, from beginning to end. If you liked, we've recommended other people watch the uh, Two Guys at Girl episodes of horror movies. Or horror movie spoofs. Do that. Watch that again. It's still phenomenal. Holds up amazing. This is now added to that pantheon. As far yes, as so good. It's and like there, there were two other world. Halloween episodes, right? I think so. Might we have to watch revisit. those too now. <laughs> I will revisit most of this show. Uh, yeah, I would be watching so this fucking entire good. show. But um, so, so basically, if you like Two Guys a Girl, first of all, if you haven't seen it, watch it. But if you do like it, you like this. If you like the Boy Meets World horror movie episode or like a Halloween episodes, you'd like this. I mean, if you like any horror like episodes. Been a if you like our opinions, you'll like this. Yeah, like community, also, I, they do some horror movie yeah. spoofs that's similar. Like, I appreciate like that the TV rip for this episode was back when like, it was on syndication on WB, so it was promoting, afterward, an all-new WB sitcom, What I Like About You. Oh my god. You also a classic television am. show. Oh my god. <laughs> I, this is, again, one of those shows that just... It's always nice to revisit a show that's better than you remembered it. Like, it's kind of rare as an adult now to do that i think it might get like a bad like 
bad rap. And yeah. for reasons I, I, I stated, like, no, this is really good on its own. Yeah, like, kudos, Amy Heckerling. Like, keep working, please. Keep doing more good shit. Like, this is just phenomenal. And I feel like, if anything, people should probably watch it because you'd probably find it amazing to watch everybody so young. Because there's t- I, tons of people in the show. I can't, I'm, I'm so impressed by just the uh, adult jokes in this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's this is not for children. Yeah. This this played on the N. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I watch this. I, I definitely watch this all the time. And so, like, I mean, going back to the differences from the movie, we mentioned all, like, the people that, were in it, that weren't in it. Like, I think at the end of the day, this is probably not the same thing as the movie, but probably as good as they could have done. I mean, you can't make a movie and a TV show very well. So... It's never going to be unless a it's limitless. Shot. A fantastic oh, that show fantastic. that CBS treated like crap, and I will support it forever. Yes, there, it, it's very rare that a show transitions as well. I think to a TV show. Yes, exactly. So I, I say that with the, the utmost recommendation because we mentioned a lot of differences, and there are many. It does you do feel the loss of Paul Rudd, for example, like he's always good and everything, but. Like, it definitely holds up. It's definitely worth watching. I mean, hell, if you don't like the Scream episodes, you would probably like, I mean, regardless of that, you might like at least, like, the scary episodes if you watch those. But I bet you'd like the rest of them, too. I mean, you could go watch the uh, Sabrina crossover if you want something (laughs) interesting. I mean, what a unique point of view. I mean, now I kind of also want to watch the the Sabrina episodes of later seasons, which is something I've almost never said in my life. But, like... I want to believe that it's the same Josh. They're not. It is. It's not good. It's, 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 it's Josh. Not, it's not better than you assume. It's Josh. I guess he's not Horowitz, though, right? Isn't his last name different? I don't know. Yeah, it's not Horowitz. But whatever is, Josh's last name is, his mother's name, I guess, if he didn't keep Horowitz. It, I hope not. If not, then what, is she going to be Cher Horowitz Horowitz? That's that's a bad, that's a bad it, one. It's, 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 yeah, no. Anyway, so that was yeah, the I'm lovely, look it up. Uh, amazing, clueless, the TV show. Again, we both highly recommend it. I'm honestly just surprised at how well it held up because I do remember watching it, but I don't remember liking it even that much then. But it was probably because Josh I was Lucas. Young. Really, Josh Lucas. That's the fucking name of him in that movie. Yeah. Oh, so he's an actor too? Like what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? What is this? So we found out that Josh Lucas is not only a love interest in in both Clueless's and Sabrina, he's also the the main lead. <laughs> fucking sweet home <laughs> alabama okay <laughs> yes how, how deep does the josh lucas well go <laughs> okay. everything's related i like oh, i can't handle it yeah so that was uh clueless um i think you probably recommend it too uh, yeah definitely we'll we will be back with other episodes soon we took a little hiatus as we needed to for the summer and i think it's a I long mean, hot summer yeah that long hot summer <laughs> we got some like murray fuck. <laughs> uh but so uh we'll be back with more episodes soon so stay tuned for those and in the meantime uh we'll get to plugs what's up with you latoya uh well you can of course find me at twitter at lafergs i'm verified now so you know yeah, bitches. i'm moving on up <laughs> get that uh, blue mark Blue check mark. Uh, I'm back to reviewing uh, Riverdale and Lucifer and Brooklyn Nine Nine for the AV Club. Um, I'm also reviewing Saturday Night Live for IndieWire and uh, Impact Wrestling for UpRock. So I'm, I'm busy, and you know I'm writing a book. And I guess I'll yeah. also plug Rachel Blanchard's current television show, uh, You Me Her, about a married couple who enters into a polyamorous relationship with a delightful uh, escort. It's actually a very sweet, funny show. 
I mean, I love her, so I'm definitely going to check that out. And uh, as always, I'm at Laura E on Twitter. Um, the next episode of the show, I believe we'll be revisiting No Ordinary Family. This is going to be the opposite of en- enjoyable, basically. Listen, I'm not going to say I love that show, but I love that show. <laughs> don't, don't do this. To, uh, th- no. I'm trash. Don't do this. I've never... I've never said I've been a role model. <laughs> like, Autumn Research does not deserve this. Well, thanks again for wandering into the telephone, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.